to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully. And we are hot, hot, hot <laughs> off of our, uh, our recent Movie Movie Live, the uh, the martial arts explosion, mm-hmm. uh, which was a ton of fun. Uh, Chris Cotton, who we had in the studio recently, was there. Uh, Sydney Gant and uh, Kevin Lau, mm-hmm. uh, all, all connected to our show in various ways. I gotta say, I... I was so pleased with Chris. I want to see Chris Cotton dub things forever. He was amazing, <laughs> amazing. He was so. And funny. everyone else held their own. Oh, but yeah. I mean, how do you how do you derail that I, train I, of comedy? I don't think you it's can. Unreal. <laughs> unreal. Uh, we had a big performance from Pete's ass. Yes, he came yeah. up and worked his ass for us. Thank you for that, Pete. Yeah, In you Scrubs, got, wonderful. You guys all know Pete Steele. You know how he does. Uh, so uh, yeah, thank you and to you everybody. Know how that he came do. Out. Yeah, you know how he do. Thank you to everybody that came out. Uh, we are doing a David Lynch themed uh, mm-hmm. episode in October, mm-hmm. uh, the fifteenth. Do I have October fifteenth? Right? October fifteenth um, at uh, Philomoka. Details and, are coming. Yes, I mean we just did the show yesterday, so we're taking a day or two off before yeah. we start thinking about it. Uh, but we're gonna that one is uh, that's gonna be a big show for us. I we think. do have two thirds of our guests yes. all but booked, yes. so that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, and it's uh, it's part of a a David Lynch themed month at Philomoka mm-hmm. because it is low. Located right in the heart of the Eraserhood, mm-hmm. uh, David Lynch has made an appearance there in the past. Jack oh. Nance is painted on the outside wall, mm-hmm. uh, so it's uh, it's heavily connected to uh, to Lynch, and uh, I think we're gonna have a, a pretty big cool show for October mm. for that. Uh, when we do this part of the show, we both kind of do radio voice. Uh, yes, it's, I know. Uh, yes, because well, you know, we're promoting. Well, uh, but uh, uh, thank you, everybody. It yeah, was, thanks it was for coming. Really, out. It was truly, a very fun show. Oh yeah. Uh, so we are here uh, tonight because Dan and I just went out <laughs> to my new. Local and least favorite movie theater <laughs> of all time uh, to see. Uh, what, what was the name of the guy that directed this, by the way? Um, his name was Scott Cooper. Scott Cooper. He did Out of the Furnace, uh, the Academy Award winning movie, uh, Crazy Heart, mm-hmm. which I love. Out of the Furnace is all right. Um, but you know what i got to say? Out of the Furnace is the same type of movie this was. Mm-hmm. Solid adult drama. Actors chewing up scenery. It's not... It's not Goodfellas in terms of flash and flare and pop, mm-hmm. but it's consistent. It's mm-hmm. it's just solid. Yeah, it, real good stuff. And what movie was that that we saw? Dan? Um, I believe that if there was a porno version, it would be called Black Ass, <laughs> but it's called Black Mass yes. with uh, with Johnny Depp, who is actually going to come into play a little bit later in this show. Yeah, he we was... have him in the studio. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, promoting uh... his new movie, The Astronaut's Wife. <laughs> With Charlize Theron, newcomer from I, South Africa. <laughs> I've never seen that. It's not very good. Oh, yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fun. I will say he was the impetus for us seeing this movie, I yes, think, for he the was. most part. Uh, you, I think you and I probably would both consider ourselves fans to an extent. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a fanboy or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, I do like Johnny Depp quite a bit. Absolutely. Uh, I've seen more than a few movies that I was there because he was in it. Yeah. You know, and I, that's weird to call out but sure. now that I think about it it's absolutely true it's totally true it's true of this movie 100% mm-hmm. uh, you and I both talked about how much we liked this trailer mm-hmm. uh, which was a great trailer uh, Hollywood please keep doing trailers like this where you don't tell me anything about what the movie's about you just give me two minutes of a great fucking scene mm-hmm. from your movie and you get and me on the scene. fuck board man and that's a good scene for it yeah. um, if Especially you saw it it's it plays... just a weird thing that tells you something about his character yeah 
about the character of Whitey Bulger. And I'll tell you what I loved. It plays very differently in the trailer than it does in the movie. Yes. Uh, I would say so. The context in the movie is slightly different than you would expect mm-hmm. uh, based on what you see in the trailer, which well, is great. I think based on the content, too, it had to be cut down for the trailer. Absolutely. Because there's some fucks and some yeah, shits yeah, yeah, yeah. and some boobies and poops. So. Uh-huh. Nope, there's no poops yeah, or poops. Or boobs. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, I would say that, that Joel Edgerton's character is a real boob. <laughs> I crossed my arms sarcastically as I did that, ladies and gentlemen, at home. Uh, but yeah, so I think Depp was definitely the reason we went to see this, and mm-hmm. uh, I, f- I feel like I got pleasantly surprised with a with a with a good like a really good solid like you said just an adult drama, mm-hmm. uh, which I will say I don't often go to the movies to see. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of movie I don't necessarily like uh, get super excited to go see in the theater. Absolutely, because you know? uh, it feels like uh, you brought up uh, as we were talking about on the way home, like Frost Nixon, which was written for yeah. the stage. This uh, so could have been a play. Totally, um, it wasn't. It was nope. a book, but. Nope. It yep. so could have been. Uh, you know, and so it feels like one of those things that's like, ah, oh, do I need to go pay to see that on a big screen? Uh, but I often feel rewarded when I do, especially mm-hmm. when it's something that uh, gives you something to chew on, which I think this movie really does, because this movie is very much about the the blurred lines uh, between, I think, like, I guess, morality and loyalty. Mm-hmm. Is it, w- w- would you kind of agree? I think it, it's, I mean, it's... There's the blurred lines of of loyalty, like the bonds of loyalty, how strong yes. are they? The bonds yeah. of duty, how strong are they? Yes. But there's a weird identity thing at the center, yeah. you know? like And that comes with all mob movies. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was less about blurring the lines of that, and it's more about blurring the lines of, of, you know, how far can you go against your own ethics and still try to sell them to yourself as your own ethics? That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Both sides are doing that They're, the whole you know, time, yeah. Because the one character of the uh, of the cop that's kind of ingratiating himself into mob culture... Which is Joel Edgerton's Joel character. Edgerton's what's, character what's, what's his character? Uh, John Connolly. Yes, yes. And he's justifying it as, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this so we can bring down bigger mob guys. Yep. But you can tell he's also doing it because he wants to be he wants to be one of the pals. He yeah. wants to be one of the, the guys. He wants to be a good old boy from Southie mm-hmm. uh, who who remains loyal to the people that he feels um, were very loyal to him as mm-hmm. a child. Uh, but he also, I think, is seduced a little bit by the the rich the benefits uh, that it, that that include power to some extent there's, there's a glamour to that life yes. that's why we went to see yes. this movie yeah, that's why 100%. goodfellas rules is because i don't want to be a wise guy but right. god damn it i want to be a wise guy you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. you, you the, literally the opening line of goodfellas is all my life i wanted to be a gangster right. yeah. and it's we all do. That's it's glamorous mm-hmm. in a way. You know, it's untouchable, mm-hmm. but it's glamorous. It's uh, I'm just throwing another mob reference in there. It's untouchable. Oh yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's almost a, a modern version of the Wild Rat West, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's deciding to be a cowboy in a very lawful world and going. Well, let's let's see how lawless we can get. And it's honor amongst thieves in the most yeah. you know the most specific way. Yes. Because there is a brotherhood there. Yeah. And I mean, and we look at now, we look at cops. What's the one big criticism we have of the police right now? They're a really well-funded gang. Mm-hmm. And it's very true in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And when you start to see those lines blur, you know, it's like, where does the crime end and where does the, the law enforcement begin? Right. And, you know, and then conversely to John Connolly is Whitey Bulger, who mm-hmm. realizes that he, he doesn't want to be a rat. Right. But if he's a rat, he can be that much better of a criminal. Yeah. So is he really a rat? Right. You know, and what is he serving? His own ego? Yes. His friends? Absolutely. Yep. You know, he had a code going into it, but at the same time, he is, by definition, 
being a rat. It's crazy. I, I was sort of fascinated in this movie. I keep having these interesting experiences at this movie theater. I, mm. I live in North Philadelphia now. Oh, we hit we hit every item on the checklist. Oh, yeah, yeah Texted yeah. phones, yep. crying baby. Um, uh, answering phones. Answering phones, uh, bad projection. Yep, yep. Um, it was wild. Oh, yeah. Uh, the chatter, I didn't mind because it, it, it actually wasn't bad. I mean, that didn't the bug chatter me was not too bad tonight. And I'll tell you what, the, the, the few movies that I've seen there, the chatter is actually always very interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, people in North Philadelphia pick pick up on <laughs> they do not like snitches <laughs> they don't and that's the thing right they pick up on really interesting aspects of these oh, things yeah. that I would never even think about or register oh yeah and as soon as the movie start the movie starts with. Uh, and we're, we're actually, uh, just for anybody listening right now that knows our show and that we spoil the shit out of oh, movies, yeah. we're going to do our best not to spoil this movie. It's Absolutely. a brand new movie, and we've decided if we're going to do new movies from, uh, maybe from here on out, we're giving an experiment this time, see how yeah. it goes. We're going to try not to spoil it for you. We'll do yeah, we'll, different we'll, we'll, styles yeah, of yeah. episodes. We're, we're, we're playing with format, guys. Yes. Uh, we, for this one, we would like to allow you to see this, hear our review, and then go see it if you mm. want. No uh, spoilers. Or the other way around. No spoilers as much as we can. No spoiler alert at all. We'll right. be good about it. Yeah. We'll be good. Uh, so, what I will say is the movie opens on an interview between a cop and uh, somebody who right away tells you, I worked for Whitey Bulger, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you a lot of details on Whitey Bulger. And immediately somebody in our audience said, snitch, yep, snitch. Yep, yep. And that is a very interesting response, right? Uh, I, a lot I, of people did. A lot of And what of was weird did. is it was almost there was a communication between people. If one yep. person said snitch, someone else is like, yeah, you're uh-huh. right. Yeah, yeah, snitch, yeah, yeah. You snitch, know? yep. In fact, they even had an argument from two sides of the theater right away. Somebody went rat, and somebody else went snitch. And he went, oh, yeah, snitch. <laughs> uh, now, here's the thing. They're making that <laughs> uh, distinction for a reason. And what I thought was very fascinating about the movie and actually seeing it with that audience that was having those big reactions to these people snitching on each other is what it opens with is Whitey's people snitching on him Mm. and our audience reacting like these fucking knuckleheads. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't snitch. That's That's the the one code code on the street, man. You don't snitch. And then the movie is about the guy that they're snitching on being the biggest fucking snitch there is in Boston. And what's the advice he tells his son? If you're going to punch someone... You didn't get in trouble because you punched someone. You got in trouble because you punched someone in front of everybody. Yep. You know, and that's an you interesting do, you thing. You do it when no one's looking. When no one's looking. Uh, I was fascinated. That's the one thing that I think is so interesting about this theater that I have is I get this whole other outside perspective <laughs> yeah. on these things that I wouldn't see otherwise. And then you also, we got to sort of watch them all quiet down mm-hmm. as they realized this movie was about snitching. Mm-hmm. The, like their reaction at first was like, oh, well, fuck this guy. Is this what sets the plot in motion? And then it became, oh, this is the plot. Mm-hmm. This is the whole thing. It- I will say there was one guy had a very strange reaction to something that I was like, uh, maybe maybe I should go. <laughs> um, a character does get strangled to death, as it were, in these types of movies. And as this character is, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so was a man in the audience. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be funny. He was participating in the performance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the same time, what's weird is what's the one thing that everybody reacted to? Stone Cold Violence. Oh, yeah. Because we love it. I love it. I'll say it. It's, totally. it's great. And um, uh, you know what? <laughs> I, that's something I do want to talk about with this movie, actually, is uh, I will tell you this played as a bit of a horror movie for me in, in many scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in any kind of classic way. I'm not talking about any horror tropes or anything like that. But it, um, there's some real frightening violence depicted in this. And I have seen plenty of mob movies that have this kind of, you know... Uh, 
I would call it casual violence, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's always most frightening to me about this it. Is business. Yeah, how casually these people are able to commit these acts of violence, and I think uh, this movie really depicts it in a very, very like strong. Like I, I was legit frightened a couple of times. Absolutely. Of the not even the way the they were murdering people. It wasn't the method by which they were murdering people. That's always frightening in its own way or whatever. It was the calculated calmness with oh, which they were all committed. Well, and I think, and also the unexpectedness of it. Yes. Um, Oftentimes, we would watch someone murder someone, and then sort of their lackeys stand around and stone cold watch it mm-hmm. happen. Or just like you know, like if this were a more modern era, they'd be standing there texting. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. feels like they're like, but nonplussed by it. Here's the thing: that's actually very specifically what I'm talking about is that they watch it. Yeah, they yeah, don't look away to text. I mean, they couldn't. They're not. You know, they wouldn't have cell phones at the time. But they don't look away. They watch the murders happen, mm-hmm. but just stone cold. They you don't know? care. It's just yeah, part of it's, it. It's, it was uh, so terrifying. I kind of like it. it okay. That's the thing. But, but it's weird because the thing that they kind of like about it is also what I like about it. Uh huh. It's this weird human thing. I, it's train wreck. You know, you you love watching a train wreck. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. But you gonna miss it? It's it, it, it's crazy. Totally, yeah, that's something that that I I can't fathom. But at the same time, what I think so brilliant about the way the violence is in this movie is it's it does show that, but it also just shows how like it needed to be gruesome for a couple reasons. One because it was trying to be accurate to what happened, yeah. presumably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also too because it showed how. They didn't have to wear gloves or do. Oh, when no. you're protected by the FBI, you can have a literal murder house where you take people. Oh yeah, you know, do whatever you want, and then eh, clean up the mess. Uh, uh, so many things happen in public in this movie, and when you see how capable and yeah. quickly it can happen, I, I think what what made this movie so entertaining for me is the fact that any scene where Whitey's in the room or someone who works tightly with Whitey's in the yeah. room, it's always at at boiling point. Yes, because you don't know whether he's being cool. Mm-hmm. Whether he's gonna just shoot you in the back of the head, whether yeah. he's gonna choke you out, or whether he's just gonna creep with you. Yep. You don't know whether he's your friend or he's your enemy, and when you do know, it is much too late for you to do anything yes. about it. And it's the whole movie is just that, but it's framed by these scenes of violence where you're like, that could happen now. Oh yeah. That and you don't know. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and you you touched on something uh, before that I want to highlight uh, a, a little more, which is how quickly all the violence happens right like so it is gruesome in its own way but it's not overly gruesome there's not like blood cannons happening when people get Mm. shot or anything it's fast Mm. it's once a trigger is pulled that's it it happens so fast and then it is over and the guys can get in a car and drive away Mm -hmm. before anybody even has a chance to think about what happened or do something about it that was so frightening to me like we often because we have this reaction to violence that you're talking about where we do relish in it a little bit, mm-hmm. we relish in it on camera. Mm-hmm. We tend to let the violence play out a little bit. This movie doesn't. This movie lets violence be what violence actually is, which is somebody decides to take your life and it happens and it's over. Well, there's no poetry to it. No. You know, like when you watch like the Crazy 88, yeah. there's poetry to it. Yeah. There's a choreography that happens yeah. to it. Um, there's a great sequence in No Country for Old Men that sits with me to this day, and it's when Anton Sugar walks into a hotel room and yes. there's a Mexican cartel, mm-hmm. and the one guy reacts by reaching for the phone, mm-hmm. and he blasts his arm with a shotgun, mm-hmm. and it is the most visceral, realistic thing, and then the guy looks at his arm, and it, this is split second, and has that moment of... There's no recovering from that. Yeah. And before he can even have that, he's got another shell in the chest. Ugh. And it's realistic, and it's sudden, and there's absolutely no poetry to it. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at something like Django Unchained, 
when Django unleashes upon the slave owners, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. There's poetry to that mm-hmm. violence. When there's Mandingo fighting or the dog attacking the, one of the slaves, it's it's harrowing. Yes. And it's because they remove that poetry from it and turn it into the starkness of real violence. Yes. And this movie doesn't have any poetry to no. it. No. And that's that's smart. The poetry would yeah. make it seem like they're reveling in it. Exactly. And then we would revel in it, and then it would be a tonal mess. You know, I heard um, it might have been on film spotting. Somebody was somebody on a podcast recently was talking about wanting to see this movie, but being afraid that as Hollywood uh, stories of gangsters tend to go, it would um, uh, maybe sensationalize Whitey a little bit in mm-hmm. a way, uh, almost hero. You know, we would like even the movie Public Enemies, which which uh, 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 Depp is also in. Uh, there's a little bit of romanticizing the gangsters, oh, you know, that happens in a lot of <laughs> our gangster Joe movies. And the Suggins yeah, gang. <laughs> I don't think this movie does that. Actually, I think it really manages to avoid the romanticizing of it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it it shows you. As we talked about the appeal of this lifestyle, why someone would be seduced by it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it ever paints it to be anything romantic, actually, mm-hmm. in any way. You know, absolutely, it, it's scary from the moment it starts, and it never lets up. Where you see people wearing T-shirts of Scarface, yeah, you, you're not going to see people wearing T-shirts of of Johnny Depp in in Black Mass, right? And it's because of that. Yeah. You know, everybody knows, say hello to my little friend. You know, boom, he right. takes a big old whiff of Coke. It's great, you know? Right, right. But this isn't that movie. No. This isn't that. Uh, I'd say it's probably a better movie, but uh-huh. it's, uh, and I don't dislike Scarface. Right. That is a fashionable thing to hate when it's uh-huh. a terrible movie, but it's a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, of course, this is a different thing. This is, Scarface isn't a true story. Right, it's right, a, right. You know, an update of a kind of true story 50s uh-huh. movie. Neither here nor there. But yeah, there is no there is no glamorization of it, and yeah. what's what's wild is I I don't even think they marketed it that way. No, they didn't, and they that's didn't. that's interesting because yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the trailer was just that one scene, oh, at yeah. least you know the trailer that I had seen. But it's what I like about it is it's definitely good as a biopic in that sort of sort of thing. Yeah, it's good as a mob movie in that sort of thing. But it's also a category of my one of my favorite types of movies, the examples of which are things like American Hustle, uh-huh. um, things like uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh-huh. where it's just a bunch of actors that we all know yeah. and we all love yeah. just chewing scenery together in a very solid story. Oh, yeah. So much fun. I, I did. I, that was, I think, maybe the my favorite aspect of the movie was just watching this cast all take to their roles in such interesting ways. Like, actually, you and I, for maybe 20 minutes, were like, is that Jesse Plemons? Yeah. <laughs> is it Jesse Plemons? The the makeup was so good in this movie that even a guy like Jesse Plemons, who looks like Jesse Plemons the whole time with just a little bit of facial makeup on to maybe age him up a little bit or make him mm. look a little and rougher. Make him a little chunkier. Yeah. And uh, he was almost unrecognizable, but I credit that to him, not the makeup necessarily. It was a combination mm. of the makeup and him really chewing on a performance. Oh, and, he's, he's good. And he's not even a huge character, mm-hmm. but he's really good. He and sells that I think that, that the guy. makeup, though, at some points looks makeup-y. Yes. 
And I like that. I kind of do too. It worked in a way that even though this is reality, it added a level of heightenedness sure. to it, yeah. but it didn't go into the glamorization of no, it. It was yeah, just yeah. a slight heightening of it. And what blows my mind about it is that the person under the most makeup was uh-huh. Johnny Depp, and he was the one that I very little recognized the makeup. Yeah. And I wonder if the slight hokiness of their makeup helped purchase that for me. Sure. Helped do that. You yeah. know, it's I don't know. I'd have to see it again, but Well, because you're right, you we know, commented at some point that he that Johnny Depp looks almost like a lizard in this at certain yeah. points, and I didn't even... I mean, it's a little bit because of his facial structure in this mm-hmm. movie, but it was also just because sometimes under the lights, you could see that there was makeup on his face, and he looked like slimy, yep, yep. <laughs> like like a lizard. And we were just thinking about Rango. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was, he was great in this, I Really, thought. really good. He, he was uh, frightening uh, in, a, in a way that I'm trying to think... I don't know that I've seen him play a character quite like... I don't know that I've seen him play a character quite like yeah. this before. Because like in Blow, I feel like he's a little more uh, of a character you can get on he's board with. He's just in with. over his head. I don't yeah. think he Because he, in Blow, he doesn't ever actually hurt anybody. Right, he's not like... There's he, even the scene where he meets Escobar, and right. Escobar like nonchalantly executes yeah. someone in front of him. And, it and it's a real moment where he's him, right? like, I might be in over my yeah. head, Yeah, and I'm, and I'm the best in the world. Yeah, there's a more it's like weird. innocence to him yeah. in that. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I've seen him play such a, a straight-up villain. I'm trying to think of a good... I mean, he's he's been villainous... Without a doubt. I mean, in Donnie Brasco, he's a little... It's a different story. Um, I don't know. I, I can't really think of something excessively villainous. Yeah, that's uh, which is to say... I'm only saying this because it, it's just so much credit to him that, uh, you know, uh, he, he gets a little talked down. We'll get into this a little more later, mm. but he gets talked down upon sometimes recently, I think, because he plays these wild, bombastic characters. Mm. And I'll go out on a limb and say, I don't know that this is any less bombastic. He's just honing that in a totally different direction oh, than I, I think I've seen him do before. And I still stand by there's absolutely nothing wrong with collecting a paycheck. No, no. There's nothing. If you knew what I did in my day-to-day to make money, <laughs> yeah. it's you know, it's it's what we do. Yep. Um, actually, when I used to work at Chili's, one of the guys at, at one of my tables told me uh, that he'll never hate on anybody's hustle. <laughs> I mean, he, he proceeded to to not tip me. I think that was his way of like <laughs> trying to like side up to me and be my buddy so that he could get away without tipping. But it was an interesting thing, and it's like you know what? I'm not going to hate. He him was trying to hustle. tell you about his hustle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, his hustle didn't really uh, make any room to avoid you know uh, sampler platters and shit. But hey, what are you going to do? And uh, no, but still, it's. Uh, <laughs> It, it is what it is. But Johnny Depp has done some strange roles. He's had yeah. some bad role choices, but he collects a paycheck here and there. But I defy you to find an actor who does not. And, you know, you could accuse him of, oh, it's just another Johnny Depp character. Well, we don't say that about Robert Downey Jr. No, I know. You know, and Johnny Depp's doing the same thing. He's got his Iron Man, Captain Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the business. Oh, yeah. But he's good. He's, re- he's and really no good. No shade on Robert Downey Jr. He's fucking no, good. He's really good, you know? yeah. But they're both at a point where they can. You know, where, where roles are going to be written for them. Oh, yeah. We talked about this on the way down. Johnny Depp, to me, the reason why he exists in a weird spot is he's a character actor. Mm-hmm. But he's not Tom Wilkinson. Right. Because Tom Wilkinson is not a hunk. Right. Johnny Depp's a little bit of a hunk. So yep. he rides this weird middle ground where he's not quite your... You know, he's not a fast bender. Right. But... uh you know, he's not going to do much prestige. He's not incapable of it. Right. He's a character actor. You can yeah. put him in silly makeup. Yeah. But when you put weird white-blue contacts in him, he's going to make it so it doesn't look like he's wearing those contacts. Yeah, you know, that's that what we were talking wild. about. How that'll take me out of a movie so fast is knowing... It sounds like a weird thing, but like knowing an actor's eye color and seeing mm-hmm. it different will take well, me and out. It's a, and it's an extreme change. Oh, yeah. What he's uh, under there. But he 
pulls it. I think he he pretty quickly just convinces you that he's this guy. Uh, I forgot he was Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's yeah. something that even the best actors can't mm-hmm. always do, did, did, and that's why. I, and I think that's a benefit is as a character actor, he can become something else. Did you notice fun detail? Uh, his his dead tooth in the front, mm-hmm. right? He had that one tooth that was discolored. And, yeah, and yeah. Is uh, what I've always referred to as a dead tooth. Uh, actually got deader as oh, the movie yeah. went on. He aged yeah. in his face. Everybody yep. did. Yep. Um, Jesse Plemons' character gained oh, yeah. weight throughout oh, yeah. the movie. Yep. So there is detail to it. It's. Oh, I mean, yeah. I guess this takes place over the course of, what, three decades? Uh, yeah, because it starts in the early to mid-70s. Mm. Uh, we eventually move into the 80s. And then, uh, you know, there's a title card at the end about the 90s. I don't know if the well, movie no, we, quite we gets to the 90s. We see into the 90s because he gets arrested in 2011 after 12 years on the run. Right, but... And that's not a spoiler because this is a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brady Bulger's in jail. But I think even the title card, the first, because before we get to that, there's all those title cards about where everybody yeah, goes yeah, next. Yeah. Uh, his first title cards is 1995. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we necessarily see story into the 90s. Mm-hmm. That title card indicates, at the very least, we get yeah, yeah, yeah. probably quite near the 90s. I think yeah. If yeah. if anything, the very very yeah. early. It's never really title carded in the yeah. 90s. But they do. But, they, yeah. You're right. They do do. Uh, they 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 spend time. Um, Pay attention to the details that matter with those things. Mm-hmm. The cars all evolve throughout those decades. The, the the costumes they're in sort of change. Although, interestingly enough, Whitey sort of has a, a, a oh, yeah. very distinct look man. about him. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that never changes. Um, he's the man in black. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's scary. He's really scary. And what's crazy about it is when you look at all these guys, every single one of them could beat the fucking shit oh, out yeah. of him. But... He's that guy. He, oh, I mean, he's your yeah. typical, you know, the little man mob boss that's got his big lackeys around him, yep. but in a very realistic way. Oh, yeah. And this was also, he was the loose inspiration for um, Nicholson's character in The Depart- in the, the Departed. The Departed. And, um, which that movie was wicked pissing. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so, of course, that is, you know, that's also based on Infernal uh. Affairs, so it's a mix. But I like that idea that, and it just made it like whereas Nicholson's character is a bit larger than life because mm-hmm. he's Nicholson doing a mob boss, yeah. trying to get his Oscars. This one actually is more biopicy. Yes, it's, it's exactly what Whitey looked like. Really, it, it, actually, I was fascinated in the end credits when we finally got some pictures of the real mm-hmm. people, and I was like, "Whoa, he really fucking like uh, they did, like they did him, a good job like with like the the makeup and stuff. He really he really looks like him." Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to talk about since you brought it up there slightly the uh, the Boston accents in this. Oh yeah, your mileage is gonna vary. Yep, uh, yep, yep. Uh, For instance, Benedict it's Cumberbatch is somehow playing a Boston guy. Well, what's weird about him the thing is nobody's accent made me go that's taking me out of it i agree but his look took me out of his accent he looks too british he looks too british english well we didn't look up what it was before we became yeah, somewhat yeah. insensitive yeah yeah but uh no but it, he just looks like you know hello benedict cumberbatch oh, yeah, yeah. You know, harry potter yep. and uh my name is khan you know yeah, his, yeah, his, yeah. we know him as just this imposing bbc face yes and he still has BBC face. And it's funny because uh, remember I was asking who, uh, I looked up who uh, Joel Edgerton's wife was. Yes, yes. She is in, uh, what was that called? Uh, August Osage County. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. Which he was also in. Oh, and they are lovers in it. Hilarious. And he's a, he's a Southern boy. Uh-huh. And it's very weird. Watch, he's great in it. Yeah. That's actually a, an exceptional movie. Oh, yeah. But he uh, he's great in it, but the same thing. He's yeah. being a Southern guy, and I'm like... Now he kind of seems like a mentally disabled Southern guy <laughs> because he's actually English. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I thought, uh, but he was good. It's yeah, not yeah. To take away from it, it did work. The the one actor that I thought uh, was having an 
enough trouble with the Boston accent that I was like, well, they might have, maybe there was a better choice here. It was Kevin Bacon, actually. Mm. He, he was literally just like, he would just talk like Kevin Bacon and then at the end of the sentence give a, eh, like yeah. a slight, <laughs> just like Boston, like, eh, at the end of it. And that was it. I, I wish I could do a Kevin Bacon voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that's another one I'm going to work just, on. It's just grovelly. I'm going to work it's, on it. It's, it's very... It, There's it's, a thing it's, about I it. I smoked a lot of cigarettes. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. But he would do that and just like, you really think you're going to bring this guy down? That's uh, <clears throat> retarded. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. All right, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was about that. Uh, but you, not... You, you but get he a was, pass because you're Kevin Bacon. Uh, yes, he, and he was good. You he know, was he, good. Was, he was very good. I, I, Everybody I, was very good honestly, at Honestly, I'm happy to see Kevin Bacon making a big stink in movies again. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there was a few years there where we didn't see him. Yeah, I gotta Cop see Car. Cop Car is great. Cop he is great in Cop And Cop Car actually has a performance from one of my all-time favorite actors, another character actor, unfortunately not a hunk, Shea Wiggum. Oh, uh, who's Shea Wiggum? Shea Wiggum is uh, Brian O'Connor's cop friend in the Fast series. You you, you wouldn't know him. He's not in Seven. <laughs> um, uh, he he was in the first one, I believe. Then I probably then I know he's who in he is. Cop Car. He is he was on. Um, Oh, he was in Splinter. He was on Boardwalk Empire. He is. These are all misses ever- I'm gonna, for me. You know what? I, what's weird is there's a million things, and yeah. I'm only going to be able to hit on those things. It's okay. Uh, I I think what I I do kind of want to talk about with this movie. Wolf of Wall Street, Silver Lining. Oh, okay. Playbook, I've definitely American seen Hustle. him. Definitely um, seen him. That's Shea Wiggum. Oh yeah, know yeah. that guy. Know that Great. guy. Great. Yep. One of the finest actors working today. Not a hunk. Sorry. He's oh, he's an Agent Carter. You didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. He plays such a good surly cop all the time. He's so good. Uh, Surly cop number three in most of his credits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, He's like the new Chris Penn, uh only like, I think, better. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I was thinking the other day that I miss Chris Penn. Like I feel like we great. I feel like we might have actually had a better pen if if we, he had lived longer. I think so too. I actually I wrote a good joke the day he died and did it on stage, and I'm proud of it because it's a good joke. Yeah. But I'm also upset because it does cheapen who is actually a pretty good actor. Yeah. I was like, ah, so Chris Penn died today. It's a shame. Who are we gonna get to play cop number two? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. it's dumb joke. Uh-huh. Loved it. Yep. But uh, at the same time, he is better than that. True romance all the way. Oh man, he's yeah. great. Uh, anyway, uh, well, not I, in this movie. No, I know. <laughs> not even. He's been too dead for Here, too long to be in this movie. Here's the thing I kind of want to talk about with this movie, yes. and it, it might be a, a, a little difficult to talk about without spoiling. So we'll, we'll try and be careful as right. let's maneuver. This. I'll be ready to snipe. Yeah, let's maneuver this carefully. Go for Let it. me know. I want to. I want to talk about the the depictions. Uh, the depictions. What I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? The way the movie handles Joel Edgerton's character, who is mm. the FBI agent at the center of this, and Whitey Bulger, uh, uh, Johnny Depp's character at the center of this, the way it paints both of them as either villains or good guys at, at various times. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like at the end of the day, although we just talked about how it does, I don't think it glorifies uh, Whitey in any way. Mm. Uh, I kind of feel like it, uh, very much paints Edgerton's character to be the real villain of the story. He's certainly slime. Like while while uh, Bulger is probably physically slimier, yes. he's covered in yes. literal slime. I I definitely get the vibe that that uh, Connolly is a slimy motherfucker. Because to me, Bulger is like he he's a villainous fuck, right? Like there's mm-hmm. no arguing that. But there is. He he's this sounds so weird, but he's living out loud. He's he is he is a gangster. He mm. is a mobster, and he the only reason he's hiding any of that, and the only people he's hiding it from are like 
the law, basically. He otherwise, come off as a guy who's dishonest. Yeah. Otherwise, you know? it's widely known who he is, what he does. He's not hiding it. He's not dishonest he's about not it. He's not sniveling. He's got swagger about it. And he's not trying to. Again, this is gonna he's gangster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that is kind of what it is. Yeah. Whereas the FBI agent uh, Connolly, um, has ha- um is this manipulative kind of prick. Mm-hmm. Who clearly sees? Well, I don't know. See, now I'm questioning even what I'm thinking about this. I don't think you're wrong. I, you're definitely onto something here. You know what I'm thinking about? Think, I'm thinking about the scenes where so he's got like a partner to some extent. Uh, uh, the 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 big meathead football player looking guy. You know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about? Who's in a lot of stuff? He's in commercials, I think, for for somebody. I forget what. Uh, uh, who plays like the basically the other FBI guy that becomes sort of like in on it with him yeah, as yeah, it goes yeah. on. Reluctantly in on it. Reluctantly yeah. in on it as it goes on. Uh, by Bill Hader in very heavy makeup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is that guy's name? I've seen him in a okay. ton of stuff. He's he he's actually a good actor who I like quite a bit. Uh he plays small roles often, but 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 he's very good. Um there are scenes early in the movie where he is manipulating that guy. You know what I mean? Like he is really manipulating that guy so that he has an accomplice in this. Because he knows he's going to need one in order to continue sort of pulling the wool over his director's eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he manipulates him in a way that, to me, is infinitely more fucked up than anything Whitey is doing with his own men. 100%. Well, because he's, he's deceiving him. Yeah. Whitey's not deceiving his men. A little bit he is. He's not mm. telling... It's, it's clear by the end he's not telling everybody what they're mm. doing with the FBI, right? I so there's a think, slight deceit there, but it's not the same thing to me. I, I don't, don't think he's trying to throw them under the bus right, for anything. Right, right. Whereas you can tell with Connolly's right-hand man, he's not deceiving him because he thinks about the greater good for his kind. Right, Because that's no, what, no. Bul- what Bulger's thinking right, about, is the right. greater good for his for, kind. For Southie, everybody for Southie, in that neighborhood. Exactly. The, yeah. But so is that FBI agent. Yeah. And while he's, but he's got his buddy going, no, 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 we're bringing down the mob. Mm-hmm. This is good. Yeah. When they're even in the bar and he says, yes. you know... Uh, they're talking about it, and I, we're, I think we're pretty safe on spoilers I think we're here. Safe. We're safe. You know, he tells his buddy, you know, like you're not thinking of the big picture. Yeah, a lot of shit's going down, but look, look at what we did get. Yeah, you know, yeah, look at what yeah. we got. His name's Dave Harbor, by the way. Dave He's just Harbor. in like a bunch of stuff. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He, uh, uh, if you look him up, uh, uh, fans of the show that are as nerdy as we are, look him up really quick. Dave Harbor, you'll recognize him right away. He's actually in a rock movie called Snitch. <laughs> Snitch. Uh, now, when you say a rock movie, do you mean a rock and roll documentary no, 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 no. or mean a movie the starring rock. The Rock? The Rock, yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. I mean, why would I? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I was just fascinated by the way the movie decided to um, depict Edgerton's character. And I will say almost more fascinated uh, because you watched a documentary uh, about yes. Bulger and this America whole versus Whitey, I think it's okay. called. It's on Netflix. If you just search Whitey Bulger, it's on there. And uh, you say very worth watching, right? It it really was. It it was because uh, it's it doesn't quite give this full story because I think it only bases itself on what we absolutely know, the actual facts that we have. But what's weird is the story that's in it. I'm always cautious with documentaries because I feel like there's usually a bend to There's them. an angle. There's an angle. There's a point or there's a... Fil- I hate when a filmmaker goes, I'm going to put myself in the documentary <laughs> unless it's Werner Herzog. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, God. There was this one... There's this one filmmaker, I hate him, because he makes these really good documentaries, but he's just like this like brooding, fat nerd that really inserts himself in the documentary where he doesn't belong. Ugh. 
Why but, uh, are you commenting on Michael Moore without using his name? It's not Michael. I, Moore. I know. I was teasing. Uh, I was teasing. No, because we all we all know what Michael <laughs> yeah. Moore is doing. I mean, I don't think there's any. They call his films documentaries, but I don't think there's any illusions that right. he's making editorial films. Yeah. And there's that's not a, a condemnation. He no. makes good movies. No, I agree with you. Yep. Um, I did, but when people are trying to do it and they just try to celebritize themselves, yes. it's weird. Yeah. He built a character out of himself. Yes. Believe it or not, Michael Moore is a character. Yes. You know, but uh, I'll come up with the guy's name. But I'm always cautious about documentaries yes. because I feel like it's very rare you see one that isn't pointed. Yes. And... The story that's told in Black Mass fleshes it out in a way that it softens the pointedness of this documentary. Mm-hmm. That it's not a very pointed one, right? But it's very clear that they're trying to say we look at Bulger as the criminal, yeah. But you have to really think about how complicit the FBI is, yep. and there's something that they're not telling us. Yep. And in the movie, it shows that that is indeed true. It takes a bit but of it a doesn't leap necessarily to vilify that a whole more, bunch right? of stuff. It says, "Listen, this whole thing is a pretty fucking gray area, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of players mm-hmm. moving about. And the problem is, each and every one of them believes they're doing their own right thing, at yeah. least in their own experience. Yes, which is really cool. I mean, that's what's so good about mob movies is because it's kind of where we got our lesson between that and westerns in don't judge the villain as the villain. Right, right, right. We love villains now. I mean, there, there's motivations for everything, right? Exactly. Like people it's, are it's all motivated in their own ways. And um, this is a movie that very much fleshes out those motivations, yeah. whereas the documentary, perhaps in a way to avoid point, is just saying, here's what we know. Yes. But it does. But it, it is arranged in a way. It sounds like it's that in my head. I'm going. I don't trust those FBI It wants you to guys. ask those questions. Exactly. That's exactly. what it wants you to do. But it does dangle that carrot mm-hmm. of, we have some uh, kind of secret information here that uh-huh. we're telling you, you know? You want to know who shot Kennedy? <laughs> That's from The Rock, the movie. Um, remember that at the end of the... Did you see the... Tell me you haven't I've seen The Rock. I've never seen The Rock. You son of a I've bitch. I've never seen it. That movie is awesome. Uh, it's so stupid. <laughs> that is... Uh, that's our friend uh, Transformers, right? Uh, that is Michael Bay. Michael Bay, yeah. The only movie of his that has a well-deserved Criterion Collection DVD. <laughs> yeah. I, I have been told many times I need to watch this movie. It's cool. It's not good. Right. But it's exactly what but you it's think awesome. it is. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. But that's a weird one too because Ed Harris's villain isn't as villainous as you'd think. Right. In fact, I think he's kind of a good guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, what are you I do. I I I was fascinated by that morality tale that was sort of in mm-hmm. the center of this. You know, like who really is the villain of this story? And I feel like this movie, uh, to me, was going more heavily in the direction of Connolly actually being the truly uh not uh, it's so weird to talk about this because it's like yeah but one of them's a fucking mob boss you idiot like he was selling drugs to kids and murdering people in the street uh but i I do think the movie is trying to go like yeah but not that they're uh, not that those aren't crimes and that that's not a criminal that's doing those things but criminals come in all shades mm-hmm. and, and and we should look at that we should oh, we should really take a heavy look at that it's i mean i guess this is a conversation we've always been having since forever but you're questioning the people in power yeah absolutely and what's in something like black mass you're looking at two very powerful people from direct opposite sides of the law yeah and they're exactly the fucking same and 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 uh uh it one of the things that it's doing that i think is great is making them very human right mm-hmm. we are looking at two men that do have a lot of power and this weird power struggle that sort of occurs between them, right? And how they wield and utilize that power in different ways. Uh, But what I love is this is a story that goes like, listen, the reason power struggles like this happen 
is not necessarily because of the power structures. Mm-hmm. It's because of the humans that have that power and how human they are, right? It's their human inner turmoil Absolutely. that tends to result in these bigger power plays that and utilize all this power. Humans by nature, we crave and covet power pretty intensely. Mm-hmm. And we all do it, and, and it's just who we are. Because power can give you a lot of things that I think people don't even think about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you and I might desire power not for money or fame or, like, how about just fucking the power to be able to protect and feed myself into the future? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, that is a power in its own way. Mm-hmm. And in order to live to be 89 years old, I have to have a certain amount of power, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to uh, 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 afford health care for that long and feed myself for that long and blah, blah, blah. Power is at the heart of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I think we all have a very, very strong desire for power because power leads to sustenance Absolutely. at a basic level. And I then when people say money that, doesn't the- buy happiness, but money does buy that what you're talking about power. I would be so powerful if I didn't constantly have to think about bills. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm in a place where I can pay bills. Mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, very blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like I crave that power. I hold on to it. Yeah. And if I didn't have to think about, you know, if if I was so rich that I didn't have to think about right. my bills, I could just pay someone to pay them for me. There's a power there that comes with it. Absolutely. You know? and, and then the question that. becomes, uh, okay, so I, I've spent, uh, whatever, 30 years being like, hey, I, I need, I do desire power and I desire very specifically the power to just be able to survive. Well, now I'm paying somebody for my survival because I've made so much money. Well, now what does my hunger for power become? Mm-hmm. How does that translate now? What does that start to look like? Uh, and I, I, you know, uh, oh, okay. And then let's talk about how these guys are from a very underprivileged neighborhood in South Boston, right? So now what does it look like when you give that particular person that particular amount of power, mm-hmm. right? Like all of those things get built into this movie. And one of the things I like about this movie is it doesn't really hit, beat you over the head with a lot of that stuff. It allows the actual character drama that's playing out between all these people to tell you those things. They don't like spend a lot of time being like, these were poor kids from South Boston yeah. that had nothing and coming from nothing to being something can make you a fuck. <laughs> yeah. you know? yep. uh, oh, it yeah. never goes so far to be that. Those things are true, and they're in the movie one hundred percent. But it's not—it's not over detailing any of that for you. Oh, absolutely. We, we were talking about this. I mean, it's my... a historical retelling, absolutely, of what actually happens yeah. when power is granted to yeah. somebody who didn't really come from it. Yeah, doesn't quite know how to wield it, or well, no, does know. How oh, to knows wield how it, to wield it, but just wields it, it in a way that that we don't quite understand. Exactly, as the, we, as the same thing. It's wielding not the accepted it in a way. very specific way because said, of that. We 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 talk to talk to your buddy Pete. Oh, we. We need cops, we have cops, but god damn it, when they abuse their power, it is the worst, most scary thing. Oh yeah. You know, and but it's weird that that abuse of power, there's still a lot of people who are going to defend it. Oh yeah. And you know, could justify it in some type of sure, way. Sure. But then you look at the opposite end of the spectrum and you're like, this is identical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one of them's got a little bit, you know, they got better weapons. I had a ton of conflict even trying to say that I thought the cop was a little more villainous in this movie because the mob boss is so easily and readily we can all go like, villainous, villainous. It's so easy mm-hmm. to do that. And for some reason we have a harder time going, that cop is villainous too. For We just, we... I don't know. There, there's like a we, we we just are raised to believe cops are good well, and mob narrative. bosses cops are, are bad. Robbers. That's the yep. That yeah. That that is Man. the narrative. Once yeah. again, if you want to talk about snitches and all that, but, yeah, yeah. the wire. Yeah, I hate to be the guy no, who no, no. just constantly does it, but that is what that's about. Yeah, absolutely. Because there was 
I, I mean, The Wire made me a better, less judgmental person. Two sides 100%. of the same coin. That's, it, all, exactly. that sh- that's all that shows about. I saw two worlds that I didn't know a lot about, and I had certain judgments about yep. each, and found that I was accurate and inaccurate about a lot yep. of it. It just and you know, there's a lot more common ground between them. Absolutely, and then yeah. there's just a lot more to consider. Yes, yes. Yeah, and there's so much Way more, more that beyond more cops and to robbers. Be exactly. Yeah. There's you know, I I am of the belief that that I don't think anyone's born evil, but you know, the world's fucked. It is in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that can happen. And mm-hmm. evil can come from it. So be it. It's just how it is. But, uh, you know, when you when you view it that way and you look at it, then you question, like, well, if there is no evil, there is no right and wrong. If there is no right and wrong, where are we? Mm-hmm. You know, and all we see at the end of the day is two... I mean, not even two. In this movie, there's a bunch of different types of people. And really, at the end of the day, they're all just trying to keep their head above water. Uh-huh. That's really relatable in a way yeah. to all of us. I mean, that's what we're all doing. Yeah. Really? Uh, one other thing I really want to talk about with this. Uh, this is something I didn't really talk with you too much about before. I'm curious of your opinions about this. Um, just from a, a technical standpoint, uh, the the filmmaking in this movie. Hey, we should get into that. I, I'm, I'm curious. I actually think, for my part, I thought it was... Um, not, not that I need movies to be like highly stylized or anything. It felt like it was. Uh, I don't. I don't even like making this comment. But it felt like it was made in a very boring way. I would say that it was bland, but yeah. I wouldn't say that it was bland by mistake. Yeah. Um. There were a couple really cool shots that I remember we pointed yes. out in the oh, theater yeah. that were that. The tension came from the characters. Yes. So there didn't need to be a lot of on the surface filmmaking. Agreed. Um, and there and there are some tense scenes in this. Absolutely, like, I have to compliment. I, I don't even want to trash filming it too much. There are some tense scenes in this. Oh, absolutely, that are well executed. I had issues with the score. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, and I don't think it was bad, but it was just very plain. Yes. Um, but then the question to ask is, when you're when you're not Scorsese and yep. you can't add that pop to this, yep. there's the risk of what we were talking about before turning it into a glamorization, uh-huh. and that's tough to do. And when I look at it, actually reminded me a lot of Scott Cooper's other movies. Mm-hmm. They're not poorly directed. No. They're not incompetently no. directed. But he's not trying to put any flash there. Right. So that when there is flash, though, it is noticeable. You're right. And in a way, that's great for that scene, mm-hmm. but does hold the rest up to this candle. Like, where's that plot? I love that you're trusting your actors. Mm-hmm. That's why it does kind of feel mm-hmm. like a play. But then you know, I, I like. This is based on a, a very in-depth book. Then you go watch something like Zodiac. Yeah. That is a long, bleak movie, but it pops. Oh, yeah. And it pops big. I would say Fincher is a better filmmaker in that right. But, you know, then I would have to ask with Scott Cooper, was it his intention to make it pop, or did he want it to seem regular and bland? Is it what I wanted, if he wanted it that way? Probably not. Right. But... You know, it's not a slight against the movie, but I did think it was bland. In that yeah, way. yeah. I, I, that, I'm trying to think of a way to say it that's not derogatory. Here's here's what I'll say. The, it's not the best movie. It's no, good no, movie. no. I, I it was it was a good movie. It was, mm-hmm. it, it was probably quite a good movie, I would mm-hmm. say, uh, uh, and ve- very worth your time uh, seeing. I think, especially just to watch actors fucking act. Oh like, yeah, really chew some scenery. And the question is too: if the movie was flashy, will we lose? Some of that. Well, and and, I don't know. It, and like you said, would it glamorize it? Mm-hmm. W- would just the flash of it glamorize it? Here's my thing, though. This was actually what was... We- uh, this is a weird thing to point out, but it was weird to me, and it actually started to bother me at a certain point. 
basically the entire movie is made up of um uh, 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 here's what I, i'm going to use this term that i'm making up right now big scenes i'm putting mm. that in quotes big scenes the movie is not that movies aren't this generally they generally are but it's like okay here is a, a about a 5 to 10 minute sequence now we're just going to cut to a random shot of boston we're going to let that sit for 4 to 5 seconds and now the next scene starts mm. and we're going to let that play out for 5 10 minutes and we'll cut to a random overhead shot of Boston. Mm-hmm. And now we'll cut back in for the next... It was literally like a scene would happen, and then we'd get that... Like, I, it, 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 This is weird, but this is something that has just been bothering me as I watch movies lately. I almost feel like it's it's not a sign of a bad movie, but I hate those city-establishing shots of like stock footage oh, yeah, that yeah. you see in like everything. It feels fillery. And this movie There's a better had way to do an a hundred of those. Oh, yeah. It had a hundred of those. Mm. It was basically like he didn't know how to connect the scenes and i think they were trying to get a little bit of like boston boston as a character yeah and i don't think it worked i don't think it i don't think they nailed it there was something weird about that to me it felt like the pacing of this it was weird this every scene itself was paced wonderfully oh amazingly really tense they felt just assembled though but at the end of the day yeah it was like it was like every scene felt so well attended and Mm. crafted like the attention was there but like there was not a lot of attention paid to like how these were all gonna like connect together mm-hmm. and build a larger story I and bet tapestry. You could have fleshed it out and turned it into a six episode miniseries yeah. or something like that because it's very episodic in yeah. that way. Even when they would do like a decade jump, yeah. yes, things changed, like the way the characters yeah. look a yep. little bit and some of the style. But if they didn't do those title cards, it would never have registered. Oh, I would with never would have known any amount of time has passed. No. Afterwards, I would have looked back and be like, "Oh, look, they did look a little different." Yeah, but I never would have had that that break. Yeah, you know? oh man, that's I, why I love PT Anderson. Yeah, he can, totally. He can just turn those into a punch in the that's face. That's what I'm but, saying. It just you know. it felt like um, I don't want to call it lazy, you know, mm. because I don't think that's what it was. I think it was a choice that Cooper was probably making. Uh, it it it, and this is probably just my own brain more than anything else. But it, it took me out of it in a weird way. I was like, mm. well. I, this feels like just a weird loose assemblage of of things. It, well, I mean, in, in a way, it felt like a play. Like they show you that city establishing shot, and backstage they're rearranging the set yeah, for the next group of people it's, chewing it's the scenery at a closing, table. and then yeah. opening up on the next scene, which works. But I bet there's a more fluid cinematic yeah, way to do it. I, that's yeah. what I think. I think there's a more cinematic way to tell mm-hmm. the story. You know what I mean? Now, I will say, at the end of the day. The movie totally hangs together really well. It works. feels like an escalating story. It, and it when I say pacing, I never got bored. No, me neither. It was just episodic. Is, yeah, is really the word I can. Yeah. the only word I can. Think it was just. Of. It was a strange choice. I thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it didn't quite work for me uh, in, in its own way. But the the movie itself, at the end of the day, like holds together so well. It's one of those complaints where it's like. I don't like being the guy that complains about this stuff when overall it it doesn't affect the movie yeah, that much, you know. Yeah, be fair. But I do, I do, yeah. That's the thing is like, well, I do have a criticism of that though. That pe- that piqued my interest. To, to I talk think about Scott that. Cooper has everything in him to be a very good filmmaker. Oh yeah, um, I think he is a very good he filmmaker. Could, he could tell a fucking story. But he's man. done some stuff, and and he does wonders with actors. Oh yeah, I, I mean, he directed Jeff Bridges to, to a, a uh, Oscar, an Oscar, a yep. Best Actor yep. Oscar. He's very strong with actors. In a yeah. way, it sort of reminds me of someone like David O. Russell, who I think has be- he he's always been a strong visual filmmaker, oh, yeah. I, uh, even back in Three so Kings. Absolutely, but yeah. one thing that is universal in all of his perform in all of his movies, they have great performances. Mark Wahlberg, I don't think I is the most great actor in the world, but when he works with David O. Russell, he gets rightfully nominated for Oscars. He's great. He's one of the best actors I've ever seen when he works with David O. Russell. Like no question, he's Absolutely. great. 
He's great with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I I still stand by Jeremy Renner's performance in American Hustle. Oh, is Jeremy so Renner's career funny. best. I will 100% stand by so that. So funny. Remember how funny Bradley Cooper was in that? Oh, my God. Bradley Cooper's got comedy chops, but it's something about David O. Russell, gets it out yep. of him. And I think that Scott Cooper has a very strong hand oh, with yeah. actors. Out of the Furnace is another very bleak, bland movie. Good story. Yep. Good, really good actors. Yeah. You know, but... It, the movie itself, would I tell you to jump up and go see Out of the Furnace? Not if you're not interested, right. but it's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's good actors. Yeah. I mean, Woody Harrelson is great. He's yeah. scary in that movie. I think there's something there. You know how I just decided I want to wrap up talking about this movie? What do you think about the title? Black Mass. Okay, so I'm on Wikipedia right now looking up the phrase Black Mass. Oh, awesome. Um, because I am curious as to what it means. And so I'm just going to lift this quote. Um, I'm so glad our brains both went there. Oh, yeah. Well, I was looking it up because I thought, what is it? What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, are they literally talking about a pile of poop? <laughs> a black mat? Uh-huh. No, um, so uh, this is a quote uh, from the Satanic Bible. It was written in 1969. <clears throat> The usual assumption is that the satanic ceremony or service is always called a black mass. A black mass is not the magical ceremony practiced by Satanists. The Satanist would only employ the use of a black mass as a form of psychodrama. Furthermore, a black mass does not necessarily imply that the performers of such are Satanists. A black mass is essentially a parody on the religious service of the Roman Catholic Church, but can be loosely applied to a satire on any religious ceremony. That makes a lot of sense, because it's a... Uh, FBI agent saying, no, 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 no. Oh. We're just trying to catch the bad guys. Yeah. And it's a bad guy saying, no, 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 I'm not a rat. I'm being a better criminal. They're putting on a show. They're putting on a show. Putting on a show. And at the very top of this article, um, just the the very first thing it says. Lean into your mic for um, this. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, Is, uh, let me, where we go? Uh, Oh, and I lost it. It's all right. There was a line that I found very, very, uh, the, uh, There are arguments claiming that the Black Mass served solely as a shock method in order to accuse enemies for several reasons. Uh. But there also remain various sources claiming that it was practiced throughout history and currently in the modern era for the sole purpose of satanic worship. So that's interesting. It's a hood pulling over someone's eyes. Yeah, that's because that's a lot of um, sort of the, the behind the scenes that happen in this movie is a lot of sort of people going like, well, no, it looks like this is happening. And a character going like, no, 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 I know that's what it looks like, but it's mm. not. Uh, it's not quite uh, that. It's not that. It's not, you know. Uh, yeah, that's fascinating. That totally makes sense. That and I will say. Sense. And this, it's the name of the book it was based on. Okay. Uh, what One of the things I was thinking as we were watching the movie, and I was trying to pull apart the idea of it being called Black Mass, was was I knew that, I, I loosely knew that Black Mass was like a satanic ritual, quote yeah, unquote, yeah, yeah. of some sort. Um, there is not a lot to be made, but a bit to be made in this movie over their Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, there are a few religious-type ceremonies depicted throughout the movie. Oh, absolutely. Bulger um, goes to a church to think. Yep. Uh, and and uh, there's even a moment where he's, uh, you know... Uh, I'm going to try and do this without spoiling anything, but he is... Um, at an event, and he's sort of hovering above that event, mm-hmm. not actually there, but presiding over it, mm-hmm. uh, which is its own interesting show, right? There is a show being made at this event that we always make for those events, a mm-hmm. uh, big show to be made, uh, and he's sort of above it, right? Like he's he's sort of watching the events unfold, mm-hmm. the 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 mess, as it were. 
uh, occur beneath him. Now, in that case, it's not quite the same thing as like pulling wool over anybody's eyes, but but at the same time, it's establishing a character. There, well, there's because even when they say like not everybody hated white, right. when he has them, they he helps a, a little old lady get her packages it, inside. Because he's He's the good old boy from the town. We all know Whitey. We grew up with him. He's our boy. Yeah, but he also fucking kills a lot of people. And I'm just finding my my full explanation for what I'm trying to say, which is is shortly after that scene that we're talking about. And again, I'm trying to do this loosely without spoiling anything. But uh, 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 his brother says something to uh, Connolly. He says, oh, uh, the reason he wasn't there was to protect the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And so, again, I believe it is this, like, telling a narrative, right? He know Whitey knows that there is a narrative that needs to be told right now uh, that needs to continue to be upheld, and so Whitey has to make a choice to continue to uphold that black mass, that narrative, that mm. that fake wool that's being pulled over the eyes. And you also wonder too how much of it is you know what you just tell yourself just to get to get through your day. Yo, one hundred percent. Both I of tell those myself guys, ten lies a day to get through certain things. We all do. Both of those guys are holding their own black masses like for and on themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're holding black masses for everyone under them and around them, and that's mostly what we're talking about here. There's also a black mass being held by each of them for themselves. It's relatable in that way. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. We all do. Everybody has something that they tell themselves to justify what they do, and it's 100%. not. It's absolutely not a, a malevolent thing. No, no. It's a human thing, Yep. but it can be exa- exasper- exacerbated by circumstances. Yes, yes. I couldn't have said that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we should, we should probably pump we're, the brakes on we're that good. and go into uh, a fun thing that we've decided yes. to do. Now, uh, I don't want to... Recommend Black Mass, right? I do recommend yeah. Black Mass, and I actually recommend as a companion piece go check out uh, you, uh, the people America versus, versus yes. Whitey. I believe it's called. Let me uh, confirm your just title. Confirm quick. that. Yeah, uh, it should be available on Netflix as we speak into your ear holes. It is available on Netflix. I watched it the other day in anticipation for this movie, and it's really good because a couple of the characters in this movie are talking heads. You know, mm. people that have fucking killed motherfuckers are talking heads in the documentary. And what's interesting about the documentary is it really shows you this guy who he's a he's a fucking pig. Uh-huh. A murderous shitty it's it's Jesse Plemons character. Right. He's a piece of shit and you want to have a beer with him. Yeah. And when they show the FBI, this guy did it right. Yeah. And you're like he just seems like a snake. Yeah. Now at the same time, you know, I'm not sitting there going one's right, one's right, one's wrong. Right. But both of them it's like, man, I I really do see how alike they are. Yeah. And one of them's just in a position where you can kind of afford to be honest about it. You know, one of them's in a position where he's got to do a different thing. Yeah. But they're both telling a story. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got to meet in the middle. Oh, it's so interesting. It's really, it's really good, and it's it's like an hour forty five. America versus Whitey. Huh? IMDb say yay. Totally not doing anything. Uh, try versus Whitey and I'm see. Looking up. Whitey, United States of America versus James J. Bulger. There you go. Um, really good stuff. Joe Berlinger made the documentary, and he has made some good documentaries that, of course, now I'm not going to be able to think of any off the That's top of right. my head. I think we should move on to the fun thing that we have decided oh, we absolutely. are going to do, uh, which is uh, Dan and I are, are trying to find some fun ways to engage with our audience uh, other than just talking about uh, a fucking movie the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we brought up a little bit earlier, we wanted to talk about Johnny Depp uh, because there seems to be a weird backlash against Johnny Depp that has occurred I mean, recently. It's not a public thing, but I think we've all started to be like, oh, Tim Burton make another movie with Johnny Depp. Yeah, I did read one article. I forget. 
forget who wrote it. I remember where I read it, but I don't even feel like calling it uh-huh. out. Because what's the point? Yep. Because it would be the same as what I believe the point of writing the article was. Yes. To be a contrarian yep. fuck. And it was this article that that didn't quite say... I'm not a fan of Johnny Depp anymore because I don't like where his work's going. It was an article saying, like, if you look at it and do the math, he's actually not a good actor at all. Right. And I can see where people might not like him or care for his style, but he's a damn good actor. I think he's a really good actor. And I I think where, like I said earlier, he's just a character actor who's good who just happened to be a a fucking babe. And (laughs) and I'll tell you what, he's a character actor that really, I think, does enjoy getting into makeup and Mm -hmm. finding a weird voice and finding weird physical tics Mm -hmm. and doing weird fucking shit. And he never ever phones it in. No, he commits to it 100%, which is Mm -hmm. why it's so interesting to watch even when it is something fucking weird that mm-hmm. I might not be on board with. I'm it's not a big fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but man, Captain Jack Sparrow is an iconic character, and I don't think it's because he was written that way. Let's start the list. We're uh, we're gonna yeah, talk yeah. about our we're gonna talk about our five favorite Depp performances. Now I think both of us realized pretty quickly we hadn't seen as many Johnny Depp movies as we thought. I'm I'd looking seen a at lot, a but I was surprised about... at how few he had actually made compared to how prolific I thought he was. Fair enough. But every one of his movies is a movie that you've heard of. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting thing. I'm sitting at about 13, it looks like, that I've seen. I'm imagining you're probably sitting at quite a few more. You, you... I don't know. I don't remember. I just have a post-it note of my five. Well, the reason I wanted to kick it off right away is that is my number five, is Captain Jack Sparrow. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is because... So I've only seen two Pirates movies, the first and the second one. The first one, I think, is actually a legitimately very fun adventure movie. Uh, you, you said to me earlier, and I totally agree with this, which is just like, listen, we deserved a good big-budget pirate movie at some point and they did finally give us one and it was good yeah Gore Verbinski's awesome he was perfect for that it's got some of my favorite sword fighting scenes oh yeah it's got really good choreography for a lot of its fight based on a fucking ride yeah it's crazy that it's even good at all oh yeah and and part of what's so good about it is he is fucking nailing this weird rock and roll uh you know based on keith richards Mm. pirate character it's and what's weird is like you see videos of johnny depp going to like children's hospitals as jack sparrow kids eat that shit up of course they do and he's like a shitty asshole yeah look at captain jack he's just a fucked up drunk think about it he's great that's what han solo is right we never we never fully depict him that way but that is what he is he's a scoundrel you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's the word. He that's a what scoundrel. it is. He's yeah. a scoundrel, and he's a pirate that that isn't you know yar right. You know, he's he's not quite that pirate, but he is. And 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 that's what Johnny Depp is doing, right? That's what Johnny Depp does so well, I think. Which is go like, oh, you want to make me like like a big pirate character? I'm going to be the thing that this whole series hangs on. Well, let me paint a pirate for you that you've never quite seen before. Absolutely. Let me base him on a rock god. He was not written that way. It's no. guaranteed that... that I, I guarantee it. Johnny Depp was just like, well, how about I try... I, actually, I think I remember reading somewhere that he played it a certain way, and they were all like, eh, maybe don't do it that way. But then people responded like... Wow, they really bought. Okay, do it that way. Do, do it, it that down. way, then. Yeah, we'll give you five. Fuck, there's five of them. Isn't oh there? my god, yeah. It's insane. In fact, here's the rest of my list. Number four, yeah, Dead right. Man's <laughs> Chest. Number three, The World's End, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Wait, what? What was that? One? Oh no, At World's End. Yeah, yeah. What, I have actually seen one scene from that uh-huh. where it's two giant ships caught in a giant whirlpool. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. Uh-huh. 
But that movie, I believe, is like two and a half hours long. So I imagine at that point, I'd just be like, ah, my brain is pudding. I cannot do more. That's what happened to me in Dead Man's Chest. My uh, brain was like, I can't do more. You're sleeping now, buddy. And I slept through like the last I half hour. I was tired. And I was, I was smoking a lot of pot at that time uh-huh. in my life. And uh, like a lot, a lot. And I passed out watching that movie. And I remember I woke up and Captain Jack and another guy were on these giant like wheels rolling I, through the woods. I was just going to tell sword you. fighting. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of home. And I went out. There's <laughs> one scene that that movie's worth watching for and you just named it oh cool well then i'm good yep <laughs> it, it, that is actually an incredible sword fight uh but i never saw anything else no, beyond that and i don't care to me neither but, but i love captain it, jack it's a great character absolutely uh, uh, I, I mean again five fucking movies based on that character there's other franchises that have done that in that short time span i don't think oh, there, not I, there's not another one i can think of captain jack was so popular that he is now in the ride yeah He's retrofit into the Pirates of the Caribbean yep. ride. I think that says everything. I think so too. And, you know, and I he's think as is... iconic as yeah. you know Snow White. Yeah. It's weird. And and here's the thing. But there's too. a reason. Uh, Han Solo. If we're going to keep making this comparison, also an iconic character. Mm-hmm. But Harrison Ford didn't go into that knowing he was going to be trying to create an iconic oh, character. You hire Johnny Depp to be in the movie based on a fucking Disney ride. Because you're trying to make an iconic character. Mm-hmm. And he knows it, and they know it, and he fucking did it. Nailed like, he it. intentionally did it and nailed it. That's Eddie crazy. Murphy didn't get put in the Haunted Mansion ride. Right. <laughs> you know, it's right. not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I just maybe, Actually, maybe he did. I actually uh, don't know. Very impressive to me. What's your number five? My number five is a similar one. It's a movie that I, I don't dislike. I didn't right. love. But Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, yeah. I haven't um, seen that. It, I mean, there's a lot of really cool action sequences. It's Robert Rodriguez, so it's just fun. Oh, yeah. But it really doesn't make a lot of sense uh-huh. because the timeline is so weirdly skewed. Now, I remember I've only seen it once. Yeah. And actually, remember, I saw it as a double feature with Cabin Fever. Ooh. Good night at the movies. Uh-huh. Uh, but it did, like there was one point where a major character died, and then later in the movie, that character is just doing stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. But Johnny Depp's character, he is, if I remember correctly, a hitman. Uh-huh. And at one point, he gets his eyes gouged out. Right. But he's still going for his hit. He can't see, and he pays a little kid to let him have his hand on his shoulder wow. to lead him through a gun battle. It's badass. That's it's cool. It's terrifying. Yeah. And I don't think that anyone else would have done it quite like Johnny Depp did. I don't even know the character's name, but as far as performances go, I still think about it. Awesome. That's awesome. I yeah, love it. I don't have much to say about it. Beyond no, that's that. fine. It is there. Uh, I'm going to give you my number four, which I have to make a quick once over here. All right. The, my number four, I'm going to go with it. I decided I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with Guy Lapointe in uh, Tusk. <laughs> Tusk right on. Uh, I wasn't going to include this character because it is a really weird one. It's, oh, yeah. it's a very, it, it is. It's pretty one note. It, it's perhaps the performance that may even almost be driving some people's negative reactions. Like, for real, dude, this is, you, you've went so hard into this like mm. crazy costume, makeup, weird character. You did this thing. But I got to say, in a movie about a man that gets turned into a walrus, mm-hmm. uh, He's doing some really interesting stuff. Like, he's basically doing a favor for a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uncredited. Yep. Yeah, turns out Kevin Smith is a friend of his because their daughters go to school together, you yeah. know? So of the, all things for yeah, them to meet. Exactly. So they're yeah. just like, they're they're like barely even friends, right? It, it, but so it's almost like a favor to a friend he's doing. And it's a big favor. It's mm-hmm. like a half hour of this movie. It's a very significant character in this movie. Almost too much so, I'd say. But that's not Depp's fault. That's That's more on the script side of things. But... That being said, uh, it is heavily, heavily that character's movie for like the last half hour. Oh, absolutely. And and I think a lot of people that did see Tusk didn't get the memo that he was in right. it. And then later found out and were shocked. And yes, he's under a lot of makeup, but 
you can't always hide people, especially no. someone as iconic as Johnny Depp. It's because he is selling like a voice, he a goes physicality. Into mm-hmm. There's like he's <laughs> it's funny. He's doing a lot, and it is funny. Not many people can you put a dick nose on him. Nope. And have it work in some type of way, and it did. Yeah, it really did. Uh, and I gotta say, uh, one of the things that I like uh so much about the performance is that uh, that weird flashback scene that eventually occurs, uh, where we get a very different performance. If you remember from Michael Parks, remember there's that flashback oh, at yeah, the yeah, cabin, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And suddenly we also get a different gee. It's the same mm. gee that we know. But it's this. It's like suddenly we realize how intelligent and this guy is. Oh yeah, because he clearly knows he's being played, but he's trying to play back. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make he that plays guy double dumb. not know uh, that he knows. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Fascinating that he's pulling this stuff off. Right? It's it's like I don't even know. I can't remember if I think Tusk is even a good movie. But it's fascinating he's pulling off this like really interesting multi layered stuff in the weirdest character I think I've ever seen him play. Mm-hmm. Uh, really interesting stuff. I think it fits Tusk in that like, you ask yourself, is it a good movie? And the I, I, I would call it a good movie just because I really enjoyed watching it. Me too. It's a really strange movie, but I, I actually tweeted about it once where I said, I'm just glad that Tusk exists. Yes, yeah, me too. And in the same way, I'm glad that performance exists. Yes, you know, exactly. It's, it's one of those things that I could take it or leave it, but I, I'd like to hold on to it yeah. while it's here. It's it's just interesting. If there's a reason to watch Tusk, it's out of curiosity. Yeah. If there's a reason to go back, it's probably to look for things like Depp's character I and, think and so. play with it. You yeah. Know, it's fun. He, he's got like a long 10-minute speech at one point, and I think only Johnny Depp could sell me that 10-minute speech in a way that I wouldn't get bored. Absolutely. You know? uh, yeah. So I don't... Yeah, Tusk. That's my number four. Well, I will... Uh, my number four is... is a. I guess we could say it's kind of similar. I'm ripping it off here. My number four is Edward Scissorhands. All right. And let's do I it. will admit that I saw Edward Scissorhands one time and it was mm-hmm. so long ago and I barely remember it. Yeah, fair enough. I don't remember anything about that movie except that he cuts bushes into animals. Uh-huh. And you know, and it's it's very much a Tim Burton aesthetic movie. Yeah. But that's the other thing is that that was probably my introduction to Tim Burton's aesthetic as it were. I mean, mm-hmm. of course I had seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure mm-hmm. before that, but you know, this is him really flexing. Yeah. And so to anchor a performance of a patently strange movie, the style of which had not been seen before, right. and creating a character that to this day is still universally Very recognizable iconic. in so many different mediums, yep. That is, you know, it's a lot of the design. It's a lot of all that, but I, it's very much the performance. And I will say, like, a kind of a small, quiet performance comparatively mm-hmm. to some of his other stuff. He, it's all in the design of yeah. his character. He's, it's just a take of Frankenstein that is interesting. But, yeah. I mean, Edward Penis Hands is a, is a porno right. that exists, and it would not exist if, Ed, if Edward Scissorhands was played by a different person, perhaps. And so that's enough to get it to number four. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it, when we all know who Edward Scissorhands totally. is. Yeah, you know, I was Everybody does. And I, rem- I don't remember anything too much about it, but I remember feeling sad for him yeah. as a child. And I'm not the most empathetic person, especially not back then. And I felt that. Yeah. And and I if I could draw you a decent Edward uh-huh. Scissorhands right now, and it would be very accurate. And uh-huh. I've seen the movie once as a child. That sticks with you. And there's a performance there. Yeah. You know? Uh, when you're acting opposite Winona Ryder, you really have to step your <laughs> game up. 
<laughs> you gotta you gotta squash that little. Uh, I don't want to get into it, uh, you know, too much on most this because this isn't the most movie we're <laughs> we're here to talk about. Uh, but I will say I really dislike this movie, mm. uh, mostly because I, I probably saw it too late in life. I think it uh, uh, connects with uh, with a young audience pretty well. It seems because mm-hmm. everybody I knew growing up loved this movie. Growing up, is I what think I just it's said. Also, really part of the strange cultural branding of Burton as he is now. Absolutely. Which is earned by him, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. I um, think it also, this movie came out at a time when we were at our most emo, right? Mm-hmm. Any Anybody that is you, you're and I, I age, right around the 30s. That time. Well, it, it certainly... Because con- I saw it when I was like seven or eight. Certainly connected with the, the oh, yeah. emo kid that existed inside of everyone that it lived It rose the with 90s. the rise of Hot Topic, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. It came through that. I saw it after that whole period mm. of everybody being an emo kid and uh, anybody having grown up with it. And so I got to watch it as like a grown up that had sort of like dealt with all of those things. And I was like, ah, I don't see the appeal in this like at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it just like nothing about it worked for me. The performances were nothing I could connect to. There was nothing. There's like nothing human in that movie. Mm, it's you pretty know? cold. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. At the same time, too, it is when you think about that it's aesthetic. It's Burton's calling card. Well, and it, it's the dawn of that aesthetic. Yeah. You know, like you saw it at a time when that aesthetic was tired. Yep. Before that, it was like, right. oh, this is something new. Right. But it is so old now. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. played out. His, his... I, I have no desire to watch it ever again. Right. Even though I've only seen it the one time. Yeah. But the thing that sticks. Right, listen. Johnny Depp. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll take it. My honestly, my strongest memory of that movie is a Far Side cartoon that's just Freddy Krueger shaking Edward Scissorhands' hand and just the <laughs> mangled knives in the midst. He's the same kind of iconography as Freddy Krueger, though. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. we all know him. Absolutely, there's a doll of both of them. Uh, <laughs> that's true. My number three. I'm curious. I think this is on both of our. In fact, from here on out, I think our lists are going to be somewhat similar. Uh, so let's talk together about Blow, which is, is my, my number, number three. three. Is well. that your number yeah, three? George Young. Yes. Uh, this movie is a. This movie's alive. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I love Ray Liotta in this movie. I love Ethan Suplee in this movie. Ben I love Penelope Paul Cruz. I love, like there. It's got a great cast. Every yeah, Penelope Cruz. Penelope. Yeah, P- Cantaloupe Cruz. Cantaloupe. No, uh, she's wonderful. Yeah, she's wonderful, and she's great in this movie. It's uh, I believe Ted Demi. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Demi's deceased brother mm-hmm. died during a charity basketball game. Found traces of blow. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yep. um, but so it good. is a fucking. It's a really good movie, and it's mm-hmm. a, a great performance from Depp. We talked about it a little bit uh, during the, the the podcast here, but I, the thing that I think is so interesting about it is we are watching the story of uh, what we considered what we could consider one of the biggest criminals mm-hmm. of, of, of modern time, right? And he's kind of a likable, almost innocent guy. He's not and, a killer. No, yeah, not a killer. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fascinating. You know, it's again uh, now this he's might be one of those movies that got in over his head yes. doing something illegal. Yes. Uh, this is one of those movies that maybe gets into the glorification a little bit. Maybe. A little bit. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't because it doesn't end well. No, it His does life not. doesn't pay off. No. But until it doesn't pay off, oh, it pays it off. Oh, it seems big. like the yeah. life, baby. But you know, the same could be argued for like Wolf of Wall Street and things yes, like that. One hundred percent. It is part of these movies. Yeah. I mean, the glamour does sell it. Well, even the gla- if it doesn't use it in the movie. And I'll tell you what, the glamour is what entices these characters to be a part of these things Absolutely. anyway, right? So Absolutely. we as an audience have to buy that He's glamour. He's selling weed on 
on the beach and he's yeah. just the guy, yeah. there's nothing better than no, that. Yeah, but absolutely. I, I don't like the beach, but it's still, you know, I, I get the thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think he's fucking great in that movie. And, hey, by the way, a Johnny Depp performance where he's not in any makeup, he's not doing anything crazy, he's sort of, he's not playing Johnny Depp, he's playing a good character and mm. playing it well. But uh, if if people want to, there's com- no major affectation. If about people yeah. want to complain about how affected he will often make a character, here's a great example of he doesn't need to be overly affected to be a great character. Mm-hmm. He will still 100 percent commit to a character that is not him, Johnny Depp, even if he looks like Johnny Depp. Absolutely, and I mean and he did not look like George Young. I mean George oh, Young was once a, you know like they did make him look like yeah. him, but it's not. It's not something where he's got contacts in to make he's him look like a snake. He's not deep cover in this movie. No, you know no, no. I mean? He doesn't yeah. have a dick nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, you know, it's like De Niro. He just yeah. he does what he does. Yeah. I liked Blow a lot. I, I, I rented really that one like with my movie. pops. I yeah. remember we just had a good night watching it. It's, a, it's just a solid cry. Yeah. To me, I'd rank it alongside something like a black mask. Totally. Solid adult drama. It's a little more stylized yeah, it's because got a little it more does panache. try to want to be, not want to be that, I don't mean it in that like one word, want to be, right, right, right. but it is, you know, uh, and I'm going to use another inappropriate word, it is aping Scorsese in yes, a way. Yeah. It is of that ilk and mm-hmm. it is of that time. I want to say it came from like 98, 90s, 99. Yep, yep. So it's, it's Casino is what, 97? Uh-huh. Have you seen Casino? I haven't. Motherfucker. Yeah. It is, oh, I, I might even like that better than Goodfellas Woo. and that is one of those. Woo! But, and it, they are they're the same movie. You know yeah. how dangerous that opinion is? Almost as dangerous as saying you haven't seen either. Of yeah, them. that's true. You should really watch both. It's yeah. they're great. They do a, another great thing where in both of those movies they're all a bunch of pieces of shit, mm-hmm. but somehow Joe Pesci is the biggest piece of shit of right. all and he's the villain even though they're all villains. Right, right, but, right. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But yeah, blow, I'm with you. I'm I'm into it, man. I, I love that movie. That. Why don't you uh give me your number 2 then? We'll, we'll head that direction. Two, your number Probably two. hit it. Raul Duke in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yes, sir, it is. Uh, Because, I mean, uh, I almost can't believe it's not my number one, right? It Mm -hmm. might be the most iconic thing he's ever done in reality, at least for our generation, I would say. Like, that's the thing that uh, when I think of Johnny Depp, that's what everybody my age, I think, More importantly, when you think of Hunter S. Thompson, I pretty much do think of of Raul Duke. Yes. Um, You know, and like, I've read a decent amount of Thompson, Mm -hmm. But I think the cultural, like, oh, I'm going to be Gonzo, like him, yeah. comes from, it, like, a lot of people have the Fear and Loathing poster on their mm-hmm. wall. You know, it's right next to the Belushi with the college uh-huh. shirt. It's, it, it is that. Yep. And I, I think the, the faux fandom, not faux fandom, but, like, just the, the image fandom without li- reading any of his works He comes represents from that. counterculture. He does, I'm into exactly, that. I want exactly. that. Yeah. But it comes from a great performance. Yes. Oh, and I... Oh, just it's terrifying in a way. It's oh so good. Oh my god, man! I that I mean that movie, uh, 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 probably Terry Gilliam's most known movie too. You oh, know? without a doubt. Uh, and and for me, not my favorite of his or anything, but fuck, does that movie work in a crazy so way that most of his don't? Mm-hmm. Even the ones that I like better, you know. That movie just, I don't know how, but it connects with people, Mm -hmm. you know? Even though it's fucking weird. It's weird. It's gruesome. It's not even nice to look at. No. But it's funny. Yeah. It's strange. It's too, it's, it's, and it's so engaging. It's too, too strange to live, but too rare to die. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Oh, it's so engaging. And again, it is so fucking anchored Mm -hmm. on Johnny Depp. Like killing, and he's it. tied into Hunter S. Thompson. I mean, he he lived with him for Good that friend of his. Actually, uh, Hunter Thompson actually shaved his head with a straight razor to play that role. Yep. 
But Johnny Depp is the reason why my favorite book ever, The Rum Diary, was published. Yep. He found the manuscript uh-huh. while prepping for this role yep. and was like, you should release this. And Hunter Thompson was just like, no, it's crap. Yeah. He was like, no, it's great. Yeah. He's like, fine, well, if my good friend Johnny Depp wants to release it, you release it. Now, really quickly. It's awesome. I watched the first 20 minutes or so of The Rum Diary, the mm. movie adaptation. I've actually never seen it. Uh, where Johnny Depp reprises his role as this character. And uh, now I didn't stop. He doesn't quite. He has a different name. He's not Raul Duke, but he is Hunter Thompson surrogate. Well, and here's the thing. So uh, I didn't stop watching it because it was like bad or anything. Something else happened or whatever. And I got interrupted and didn't get to keep watching it. The thing that was weirding me out the whole time was I knew that the book was another Hunter S. Thompson book Mm -hmm. and that he was playing the Hunter S. Thompson surrogate again. It seems like a really wildly different character. From the character, it's of supposed Fear and to be him considerably younger. Yeah, because Rum Diary is him at twenty two. Right. in uh, where was he? Puerto Rico. And I think that's why it was weird because mm-hmm. it's like an older Johnny Depp trying to play at a less crazy version of that same character. Mm-hmm. And it's like my brain was just like, but no, I know the younger version of you was nuts. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh yeah, uh, but he was also less addled yes, at that time, yeah, yeah, so he was yeah. less affected by yeah. his lifestyle. But. Yeah. I was just afraid to watch the movie because I I've read that book like six times. Uh-huh. It's just so good. It's yeah. so fu- it has my favorite insult. One guy calls out another dude and he says, "I reckon you've never had your head twisted before." <laughs> and he threatens to to twist his head in some <laughs> physical way. I love that. Yeah. And I read it in that voice, and I don't even think his character said it. Right. <laughs> so, right. But it's you know yeah. it is. Uh, that so is good. just that movie is so so worth seeing if you've never seen it. I don't know if there's anybody listening right I would now like that has never see seen it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, oh. not Rum Diary. Uh, oh, Fear, uh, Fear and Loathing. I'm back on Fear and Loathing. So so worth seeing if you've have never you seen, seen Where the Buffalo Roam. I have. In I fact. love that movie. That movie is is somehow weirder than Fear and Loathing. I oh think. yeah. Uh, well, it's less literal with the trippiness, yes. but it's a good performance. Oh, yeah. uh, especially oh. from Peter Boyle. Oh yeah, Peter. He's Bo- awesome. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Gonzo. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, Bill Murray plays the uh, the Hunter S. Thompson of that, who also, I believe, was a friend of Thompson's. Oh, I, probably. I knew him to some extent. He has a great line in that movie that I believe they're in court, and he's drinking like a daiquiri or something. Yeah. And some guy asks him for some of it, and the guy takes it, and he's like neurotic, and he starts drinking the whole thing, and he goes to give it back. And Bill Murray, Hunter Thompson's just like, no, 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 you've got a good thing going there. And <laughs> yeah. he just lets him keep yep. the drink because <laughs> he doesn't want to touch it anymore. It was so funny. It, well, I, I think what was interesting most to me about Where the Buffalo, I didn't like it quite as much as Fear and Loathing. Um, uh, I think it's less of a funhouse kind of thing. You know what's weird? I think it's it's trying to uh, where the it's trying to tell more of a story. It's also sillier. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it it plays Thompson Fur as a bit more of a a silly character, Mm. whereas Fear and Loathing gets that like, oh yeah, he's a silly character. But there's a pathos and a sadness oh, yeah. underneath it that is it, it makes him a much rougher, more difficult person mm. than I think where the Buffalo Room paints him necessarily. Um, where the Buffalo Room is is trying to get a Bill Murray performance yeah, as a, well. It's a bit more comedic overall. I mean, the, the funny thing about Fear and Loathing is the whole reason that book exists is because he was too fucked up to do his job. Right, right. And so he wrote himself into it, and everyone was like, that sounds like a fun time. I think Here's the distinction I think I'm trying to make, is Fear and Loathing exists in a world where they're doing so many drugs, their world becomes a cartoon, mm-hmm. where the Buffalo Rome is a cartoon world. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like weird things just happen, and it's not because they're fucked up people, it's because the whole world oh, is crazy, silly. you know? Yeah. Um, so there, there is a distinct difference. The thing that was most interesting to me about it is, it's going to sound weird, but how similar 
their depictions of Thompson are. Mm -hmm. Both Depp and Murray are giving pretty similar specifics to that guy, which only says to me that that guy is a very specific singular person. He's a hell of a character. If you ever get to see the video of him and Conan O'Brien going shooting together, it's unreal. Well, because Hunter Thompson was like a guest of his multiple times. I didn't know that. He was on Conan once, and he claimed that he made his own shoes, and he's wearing Nikes. (laughs) And he's like, well, you know, I made them in my basement. And And Conan's like, no, you didn't. There's a a Nike swoosh. on your shoe and he's like well you gotta add a little panache <laughs> and it's like you, you just bought those shoes but you're, you are so obsessed and aware of your yep. own character and you're consistently writing a a, a semi-false narrative about right. yourself maybe he did so the right, fucking shoes right. in, in one of his books kingdom of fear he claims he he met his wife because a tiger attacked her and he stabbed it with a fork until it left her alone and Okay, sure. I buy right, it. Right. But it probably didn't happen. Right. Maybe it happened. Right. I want it to have happened. Yeah. It happened. <laughs> and and that's fine. Yeah. You know, like that's so cool that he yeah. created I mean, it, it's definitely also we forget it's the sign of an old man losing his mind. Kingdom of Fear was one of his later books, but I think that's why Fear and Loathing works so well in the way it does, mm. is it really gets that about him, right? That like he is painting this false, exaggerated narrative of himself. Mm. And the movie basically decides, like, okay, well, let's try and figure out how to go, like, this movie is very honest to the way Hunter S. Tompkins, Tom, I just, I totally, yeah. like, lost how to say he his name. He went to Paul F. Tompkins yeah. midway through Hunter yeah. S. Thompson, yeah. Uh, uh, how, how strange he is, right? But but also, like, how how that strangeness comes from drugs and age and all these different things. It, it really, mer- it sort of, like, unites, the, it's, it, it's, Fear and Loathing is a unifying theory of Hunter S. Thompson. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it almost gets him in a way that he might not have even got himself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is fascinating. And I think it also, he probably saw it and it informed how he right. presented himself. Right. You know, I mean, and he was definitely a wild man. But oh, yeah. I mean, the dude drank a lot every oh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did his fair share of drugs and he just didn't really give a shit. Yep. He had a he has a great quote that I'm going to misquote, but he says I I'd hate to advocate drugs, guns, booze and insanity, but it's always worked for me. <laughs> and it did. Yeah. It, he's not lying, yeah. but I mean, he is right. I would hate to advocate it because right. that has brought down many many a many person. A man. You know? Yep. Uh, In fact, it's brought down everyone but him. Yeah. And then he eventually... Well, he... Yeah. I'm, well, the it thing could be is, argued. It would have brought him down, but he just chose to shoot himself right. instead. And it could be argued that those things were what brought him there <laughs> exactly. anyway. Exactly. Yep. Oh, man. He's he's a hero. Let's move on to our number ones. Number uh, one. First, you want me to go first? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I would say it's... I mean, it's the same because I... I know what your number one yeah. is, and I've seen half of that movie a life ago. Okay. You know, let's and start, uh, you haven't there. seen the one yeah. I have, so it really could go either way. Dead Man. Dead Man. Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch. Uh, who both you and I have pretty complicated feelings about him, and oddly enough, I think we actually seem to fall on different sides of him, mm. whereas you loved Only Lovers Left Alive. I mm. was not crazy about that movie, mm. and I love Dead Man, mm. and I don't think you're crazy about this movie. I would like to see it again, yeah. But I mean, even we did the one episode on what was it? Uh, oh, uh, Strangers, uh, Strangers in, in Paradise. Paradise, and like I get why it's important. Totally. Again, I found that movie exhausting, yeah. And whereas you found it, I less enjoyed so, it a you know? little more. And yeah. It's, Jim Jarmusch, I, I, he is essential. I love him. Yep. I need him in my yep. life. But if I ever saw him, I'd be like, you you prick. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, are you an artist? <laughs> you making art right now? Yeah. Is oh, that what you're doing? Is that gin? Uh-huh. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, oh, I bet your glasses don't even have prescription. 
you dick. You just wear them because they look like what you'd wear. Get off your unicycle. Are you riding a unicycle to work? Are you riding? Your hair is brown. You dyed it white. What is wrong with you? I feel like Don't he's... Mean, I you're not like, Andy Warhol. Yeah. But you make better movies than him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard to say, generally speaking. But, but if you get shot... <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't want to be Dead Man is one of the most beautiful ruminations on death I've ever seen. I don't even mm. have that much to say about it. I, it, 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 it. It is about death. It is about um, facing death with um, dignity uh, and, and um, knowing yourself in, in that moment, right? It, um, feeling like you can approach death with some sort of completeness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and A lot of parallels with Ghost Dog. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. Uh, I, I would like to, actually. I think I would like that Very one. much about that. That's a cool movie. Yeah. Uh, um, and Depp is really good in this movie. It, it is, for I, again, I, I've seen maybe 13 Johnny Depp performances, it turns out. Uh, the most subtle thing he's ever done by a million, million miles. He is so... There's nothing big about this performance. There's nothing overly dramatic. I don't think he even talks that much during this movie. Mm. I, I think it's mostly a silent performance from him. When I picture Dead Man, I can picture the cover, and the cover is essentially him. Yep. With his, and I can see his... I can he's, draw it for he's you He's got right like now. a top hat. He's mm. got those three streaks painted across each cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is a beautiful movie about the journey towards death. Uh, and that is a subject that I'm fascinated with. Uh, I think most humans are. Uh, it's sort of the nature of being a human mm-hmm. <laughs> is knowing there's a clock on this, uh, and that's one of the hardest things to deal with as a human. And I, I always appreciate something that um, makes me a little less afraid of it, mm-hmm. and I, I think that, that that is a big, significant movie for me in the way of um, letting me take a big, deep breath Mm. In the face of death, I'd like to watch it again. Yeah, that's that's one that I think I probably saw much of throughout the course of my wanting to be a film snob when uh-huh. I was fourteen, uh-huh. and so I really don't remember much. You know what? And to I be, would see it again in a second. To be fair, I saw it when I was in my early twenties. Mm. Uh, I've been afraid of death my whole life, but I, there was definitely, I think, in your at least for me in my early twenties, I hit like a weird panic moment about it. I, you know, it was sort of an early confrontation with like, oh yeah, the clock, it's ticking. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but I was also at the height of some film snobbery as well. So I don't know. Maybe I would go back to it now and feel a little less so about it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I was just super uh, film nerd snobby about it and was like, yeah, Jarmish, you tell mm-hmm. me a story any way you want, mm-hmm. you artistic or, motherfucker. Or don't tell me a story in any way you yeah, want. <laughs> you, <laughs> do. Yeah, you do. Can I watch uh, some people hang out? Which is funny because sometimes that works for me, sometimes know, it doesn't. I know, it's so weird. Uh, but I, I, in my memory, this thing stands out as a very, very significant movie for me, and it again fucking hinges on this like great, and in this case, very subtle, minimal Johnny Depp performance. Mm. He really sells this like you know what it is. The whole thing has to be in this, in very specifically the case of this movie. I have to be able to put myself in the shoes of Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to be the person that's facing down death the way he's facing down death to connect with the movie. Uh, the fact that that guy who is constantly in crazy makeup and doing these big bombastic performances that we're all still believing in can make me feel like I can get in his shoes and and like relate to him. Kind of astounding in its own way if you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, you know, uh, it it shows the spectrum on which this guy exists as an actor, which might be wider than many other actors we could talk about. 
You know, he's got a wide array of things he can do. His tool set is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think Deadman is, is, is good evidence of that. I would like to see it. Yeah. I would like to see but it. Those are my final words on Deadman. Right on. Well, and my now number I will one, die. it's funny because it's the opposite. It's a huge character. It's a big yeah, one. Yeah. Now, not in heavy makeup or anything, right. but Ed Wood. Oh, um, I, I've never seen this and I need really to see It's really good. This. It's got a great Bill Murray performance. This is like must watch for me. Um, Bill Murray plays a character named Bunny. No, um, awesome. It's got an Oscar winning performance from, uh, what the fuck is his name? Martin Landau. Oh. Um, it's just it's a great script and it's this is a great movie Tim Burton directed right? Tim Burton directed movie it's stylized it's in black and white yep. Yep. it's over the top it's a not extremely truthful biopic but it's about Ed Ed, Ed Hood uh, Ed Wood the uh, eccentric cross-dressing uh, Angora sweater obsessed B-movie filmmaker largely credited with enthusiastically making the worst films ever made yep um, he has the distinguished uh, title of making the worst film of all, all time, Plan 9 from Outer Space. And is Ed Wood about the making of that movie in particular? Am I right about somewhat, that? Somewhat, somewhat. I mean, it's just about... It, he, the way that he's portrayed in the movie, and from what I understand in real life, he was a much more troubled, alcoholic kind of thing. Sure. But he's kind of a car salesman guy, and he yeah. loves to make movies, and he loves Angora sweaters, and he's going to do this, yeah. and I want to make the biggest picture ever imagined. We're yeah. going to have a Frankenstein's monster. We're going to have this. He's a blah, huckster. Blah, blah, blah. He's a huckster that yeah. makes films on the cheap, and thusly had somewhat of a career Almost like a Roger Corman films. type, but like a, exactly. like a even a more bombastic character. More bombastic, yeah. but bombastic not very successful, had yeah. a little bit more delusions about what what he was like Roger Corman knows I make films oh, on yeah. the cheap oh, yeah. and I make them as good as I can. I'll get them under Wood budget, like, under schedule. It's gonna be the hugest thing you yeah, ever seen in your yeah. life. And then he makes under you know, delivers in a big bad just way. Just a weird thing. Yeah. But you know, and, and it's funny because Plan 9 from Outer Space is hardly the worst movie sure, ever made. Sure, yeah. Because it's so interesting and fun and right, there's value right. there. There are some movies that don't have that <laughs> yeah. even in the slightest. And so it's a great way. I just love that it 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 in a weird way it it seems to come from from the heart of Tim Burton mm-hmm. because Ed Wood made a very specific type of movie specific to his sensibilities. Yep. And they're similar to Tim Burton's sensibilities, but he also makes a very specific type right. of movie and has a specific thing. Uh, in that documentary Swirling about trees, Superman baby, that's lives, what it is. They go to his in Tim Burton's house and he lives in a fucking funeral castle. Of course he does. And it's like, of course you live here. And you the drive a hearse to work, motherfucker? Oh, you're going to ride your unicycle over yeah. to Jim Jarmusch's yeah, house yeah. You know, kiss each other's butts back yeah. and forth? It's ridiculous. Yeah. But at the same time... I painted another swirling tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to remake Dumbo, more spirals. Yeah. When I saw Dumbo, I thought, we got to get some spirals on this <laughs> elephant and we'll get Johnny Depp in there. <laughs> And one of my one of my wives, you yeah. know, and it's but Edward is a really, really funny, interesting, just quirky movie. I've heard nothing but, earnestly but good so, things about that so movie. So much fun, but his performance is absolutely endearing yeah. because you 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 believe him. Uh, yeah. He's gonna make the best movie, and you watch and go, This movie's garbage, and you see the smile on his face and go, He made the best movie, and he's watching the best movie that he just made. I'm not sharing in it, but God damn it, I love that. You know, yeah. it's it's cool. Ah, oh, Ed Wood. I can't really wait. To, I really need to watch that. That is like a, a like very high on my must watch. Mostly because honestly, I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan. Neither but am I. that is the one that everybody tells me is like, oh no, he actually like it is a Tim Burton movie, mm. but he steps a little bit outside of himself to tell a story about a guy that's so much like himself, mm-hmm. uh, which is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to see that. In in a. It, I want to see Big Eyes, yeah. and the only reason I want to see Big Eyes, you know, I hear it's okay. Yeah, same screenwriters as Ed Wood. Ah, with Tim Burton, that's yeah. a combo that through Ed Wood has been 
you know that you've earned another another yeah, go yeah, around. Like I, I will give you another go around. For Absolutely, that. Yeah. Johnny Depp's great in it. Yeah, funny, oh, funny man. stuff. Yeah. Just real cool stuff. Oh, uh, it's good. And listen, as long as we're doing this list, I want to throw one thing out there. Never see from hell. You don't need to see it. <laughs> He's in it. There's no reason to see it. I don't remember much of that movie. He might even be good in it. I don't remember. I remember he gets high on laudanum at one point. That's all I remember. All I remember is it has a a twist ending that doesn't exist in the book that it's based on. In fact, the twist ending at the end of the movie is one of the first things that's revealed in the very first chapters of the book that it's based Mm. on. It's a horrible adaptation of one of the best books I've ever read. Read from hell. Don't see the movie. I would like to read it. That's my PSA. I have it on my iPad. I would like to read it. My my thing with From Hell is I remember at the end I was like, oh, you know what? I don't think I got what was going on there. <laughs> I didn't pay attention because whatever the reveal was didn't gel with me. Right. So the movie ended and it was like, all right, I saw the elephant man was in there. That was cool, right? I'm going to go out. What on, is this? I'm going right. to go out on a limb here and say that you didn't necessarily miss anything. The movie just told its story as poorly as possible. Uh, good. Well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I just remember being like, oh, okay, so all right. Uh, uh, you know what? I'll say it. I've seen a couple Jack the Ripper movies. I've never seen a good one. I want to see. Is it Time After Time? Is that the one where Jack the Ripper travels to like the 1970s through time travel of some miracle? And I've it's like a love this, story about him love or something. To see it. Yeah, it's supposed to be crazy. I, I think saw it's called a Time Klaus After Kinski Time. one that was just garbage. I mean, uh-huh. it's Klaus Kinski as yeah. the Ripper, which is great, but it was crap. Uh-huh. Zoom films, though, real good print. Woo! What a crap movie. Yeah. All right. Ready to wrap this baby up? Those are our uh, yeah. our top five uh, uh, Depp, Depp performances. performances. Uh, who I think we both readily agree is a, is a great actor uh, and should stop doing things like Transcendence and keep doing things like Black Mass. Let's keep it that way. Johnny, I haven't seen Transcendence. That was an unfair yeah. shit on a movie I haven't seen. Um, uh, I don't know. Let's let's. Uh, I guess let's get to some plugs and oh, recommendations. What do we got? Uh, well, I'm gonna do a plug first. Um, please do. Just gonna say, uh, I mean, it's just the regular plugs. We should just do this first. October fifteenth. Turn off. October fifteenth. Movie, movie, live. Mm-hmm. David Lynch movies at Philomoka, as always. Mm-hmm. At I like two movie. Use the digit two in that. That's right. On Twitter, I'm at Dan Scully on Twitter, and uh, same thing across the board everywhere. And log on to Cinadelphia. I believe my Cooties review drops today. Ah, fascinating. Um, a movie I felt middling about, but yes. is enjoyable enough. And I believe it's playing at the Roxy in like late night mm-hmm. screenings. And if you're going to see it, I cannot think of a better way. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. I've actually started tweeting again, like super regularly. Yay. It's great. Uh, so you can check me out there. Um, I uh, I don't know. I'm doing like a bunch of stand up over the next month in Philly. If uh, you want to come see me, uh, I help do another game show now called Sidekicks at Helium Comedy Club. You can come check that out with our recent movie movie guest Sydney Gant. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as recommendations, I want to throw. A Nightmare on Elm Street at our audience because I finally fucking saw it after Wes Craven died. I'm really mad that I didn't see it before he died. I think October's coming up. We should definitely do some Craven. I'm way into that. Yes, in the wake Mm -hmm. of his passing, I would love to do some Craven. This movie is... It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, I really loved it in a way that... it stars... What's his name? I think it's... Uh, hold on. He wears a half football shirt in it, and you see his belly for a lot of it. And I suddenly kid from Twenty One Jump questioned my sexuality upon seeing him in a half cut football jersey. Uh, he's from the depths, Johnny depths of uh, the de- Johnny Depp. That's hey, his name. Uh, hey. It's great. Fucking, it, it's really great. Uh, it if for some reason you've never seen it, fucking see it. If you have seen it. 
watch it again and be reminded how just uh, truly nightmarish it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to actually scare me. It actually scared me. It is really good. I it's, really liked it. It's one of those movies that I love because if it's effective, it gives you nightmares, and they're doubly scary because the nightmares are what kill you. Ah! Ah! Amazing. Yes. Amazing. Um, yes. So rest in peace, Mr. Craven. Indeed. You will keep on giving. Yes. Uh, from beyond. Yes. Um, I am going to recommend. Uh, you know what? Let's do it. I saw a movie that I just loved recently. Just absolutely loved. Oh, yeah. You it. can see it in the theater right now. It's called The Diary of a Teenage Girl. Challenging stuff. Funny stuff. It's from a first time filmmaker, Marielle Heller. And it's unreal that this is from a first time filmmaker. Uh, it's based on, I believe, a long-form comic book, and she adapted it herself into a stage play where she played the titular character, worked for years to turn it into a movie adaptation, and it's just a really solid movie. I wish I knew the lead actress's name because uh, she's wonderful in it, but Kristen Wiig plays her mother. Oh. Chris Maloney is her stepdad. Mm. Alexander uh, Skarsgård is her mom's mm. boyfriend. It's a solid cast a very minimal movie, but there's animation painted over a lot of the cells. It's cool. Great soundtrack. Opens with the same song as your next. Uses uh-huh. it to different equal effect, uh, you know, equally, equally effective ways. Uh, I, I just loved it. I, I, it's so weird to see. And it, it, what's weird is how weird it is because it's not often that you see a coming of age movie about a young female character who isn't just like quippy. Mm-hmm. And she's an awkward 15 year old mm-hmm. that is just trying to do her shit, you know, and it's it's cool. It's a great coming of age movie. Very funny, very touching, very challenging, and a little bit gross, but so good. Highly, highly recommend. I gotta see it. When Marielle Heller gets a budget, it's gonna be even scarier. Ooh. And it's funny because this movie is like very touching and grounded, and she is married to uh, Yorma Taconi, <laughs> whose only di- whose directorial debut was MacGruber. MacGruber, baby. Equally fascinating and astoundingly awesome uh-huh. debut. But it's just funny. Like I can't imagine. I would love to just like be a fly on the wall in their house as they discuss creative ideas. It's wild. I love but it. the Diary of a Teenager Girl. Go see it. It's out. It's really, 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 really fucking good. And I went into it just thinking, like, I know what this will be, and it'll probably be a good version of that. And, you know, I'm expecting a little Miss Sunshine, and I got something much more subversive and awesome. That's Real great. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, one final request before we close this out. Find us on iTunes. Please uh, uh, subscribe to the show. We would love to see you rate the show, comment on the show. I would love to check in there next week and have a comment to read back out on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, fi- please find us on Facebook. Interact with us. We're, we're actually going to try and build, uh, I think, as, as we're, we move into the future here, some more interactive stuff. I think we mm-hmm. want to do some things where when you listen to our show... There will be, uh, I don't want to call it homework, but things you can sort of interact with us on in the interim, and then we'll get to the next episode. We want to try and plan things on the calendar so we can tell you what movies we're going to watch, all kinds of stuff. We want to make this more of a show for you. Uh, And uh, so help us do that. Interact with us online uh, and help tell us what you want us to watch and talk about. Mm. Uh, We're going to do polls. We're going to do all kinds of stuff. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Um, Please do. So uh, anyway, I think that does it for us. Uh, anything else you want to lay in before I hit the close? Um, I do not have anything. Um, actually, you know what? I'll throw this out there. This isn't really a poll, but uh, we are moving into our David Lynch live yes. show. And we had a discussion today out of what David Lynch movie do we want to talk about? And the answer is all of them. So what yeah. David Lynch movie do you want you us to want talk, us to talk about? about? 
You can hit us on the Facebook or on the Twitter. Yep. Name it. And, Name it. you know, even if three people do it, if two of them match, we'll do that movie. We'll do that movie. We will sit through Inland Empire for all three hours and then talk about it if we you want. We fucking will. Please don't recommend it, but we fucking will if you do. I've Please never seen don't. it. Please but recommend it. I, listen, I would love to see on it. On the projector, it'll look great. You're right. Uh, we're doing Inland Empire. That's it. Uh, just no, no, kidding. No, no. Just kidding. Uh, pick one. Pick yeah, one. pick one, please. Uh, and let us know. Uh, all right. October 15th. Come see us at Philomoca for that show. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to you movie do. movie. You do. Because we like to, to movie! movie!